Is mm. that is that an original? Like, is that from 91? What, this? Mm. Uh, 90... Was no. it 92? Was no. it 92? No. 90? No, you're right. Yeah, I think it might be. Wow. Second hand, mate, second hand records. There's a guy with full of boxes of second hand records who just comes around Greenwich. <coughs> and me and Luke Morton went down there a couple oh, yeah. of Sundays ago. Uh-huh. Leave this in, isn't it? Well, can do if you want. <laughs> Leave this in. Little tip for the kids. I'm going to go vinyl shopping. Mate, I got that. That was like mm-hmm. eight quid. You too, Joshua Tree. That's a fucking. I don't know if it's an original pressing, but it's early. Mm. Four quid. Four quid. Four quid. I was going to spend like 120 quid on this special edition, you know, snarky. Joshua yeah, Tree. there's that white one, isn't there? Yeah, to go out with all those other box sets, which is going to hit the fucking ceiling if I carry on. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to Riot Act. Welcome to episode 69 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me. Stephen Hill and my cheap vinyl collection and him, Renfrey Deadman, and his inquisitive mind. I thought you were calling me a cheap vinyl collection. <laughs> Hello. Uh, hey, mate. How you doing? Oh, I'm fucking terrible, but let's just carry on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'd like to apologise in advance for this week's show. If you listen to the show, hoping to get some good tips on what wicked new music to listen to, we're really sorry about this week's show. We're going to be reviewing new albums this week <laughs> from Coldplay. Everyone wanted it. From Slayer. Mm. <laughs> from DJ Shadow, mm-hmm. <laughs> from Sleep Token, I'm from Bellevue Days, so stick around for Bellevue Days. Uh, uh, we stick wanna, around for one of the only good records. <laughs> uh, we want to give a shout out to our friends at Musicism. Um, as you probably know by now, they do online tutorials for the budding singer, songwriter, and guitarist and producer. It's nine ninety nine a month at musicism.net. And vocalist. It's very, very reasonable. It's they're very reasonable. They're very good. If you pay late, they 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 do send someone round to break your legs. Yeah. They yeah. Quite, as I they are very strict on that. But yeah, these, you know, just as long as you obey the rules, <laughs> you're fine. Apparently But you can get money off. Yeah, you can get money off. Right uh, in capitals in the checkout. Yeah, you get twenty five percent off, don't you? You do, yeah. And um they they consider that a favour. Mm. to you which mm. means one day they will turn up and ask you to kind of like put a body in a bath of acid or something mm-hmm. to do something yeah, for yeah, them yeah, yeah. but that's fine i feel like that's kind of just standard practice in the music industry these days isn't it oh really? god yeah i mean it always has been feels uh, like you've watched the irishman recently or something uh, like that i've not seen the irishman yet i, I would like to see it, it. It's i do want to though, see it, it? yeah bum it's, kind of... it's uh 210 minutes apparently. it's a long one mm, it's i mean that coldplay album feels like at least quadruple that to be honest but we'll get to that a little bit later yeah um we have sold around roughly half the tickets for the big fat alternative quiz of the year which is happening on the 9th of december absolutely at the oxford house house in bethnal Beth- in bethnal green oh i felt like we did that walking so slowly on. down bethnal green <laughs> All right. You know what that's one? Um, Mary Poppins. I don't Something like know. that, yeah. Uh, no, the Ragged Trousers Philanthropist Renfrey. The, oh, lovely. The early, um, uh, early 1900s socialist tome. Great. I did it at drama school. <clears throat> Cheers. Um, sounds a bit dry, but that's fine. Well, God, God, <laughs> is it ever? Fuck me. It's about painters. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's just about people <laughs> who paint. It's really fucking boring. That's what you pay 30 grand to go to drama school for, isn't it? Yes, but I'll tell you what's not boring. Um, or it has been boring for a little while, to be honest. Our our, our poor Patreon page, our poor Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast has been bare has been bereft has become malnourished over the last few months. It has. And, you know, me and Renfrey have been struggling with 
the rigors of life. Yeah, but I mean, just struggling. Um, but as soon as we finish this podcast, recording this podcast today, we're going to do at least two Rioters reviews. At least two. Uh, I can say for definite, we're going to be talking about this girl and Biffy Clyro. So yeah. we're going to be doing two British early noughties um, rock bands. Yeah, kind of like very similar vein rock bands as yeah. well, you could argue we as well. off in very, very different. They went off in <laughs> different directions. <laughs> directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that will be the first of a few. We've also got another thing that we are going to do. I'm still not going to say it yet but because we keep planning it. But that's more of a Christmas time present sort of thing maybe, isn't it? That we're going to talk about that. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what you're talking about. But if I'm, you're talking about what I think you're talking about, we're going to record them over Christmas. So I don't know if they're going to... No, not go out, but I thought we might announce it. All right, all right. Them. Oh, yeah, we'll announce it around Christmas. Anyway, welcome to the AGM. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably just said that off mic. Also, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, thanks. Our YouTube channels kind of back up. Royal Mail yeah. have stopped shafting us so, well i don't know about well, that fingers crossed they <laughs> just be- again just before christmas we're going to be saying oh yeah that. uh royal mail do do a grand job um because they haven't been doing that recently no they've been fucking me off yeah like but crazy. we've had a bunch of the podcasts go up on youtube so if you do want to watch this on or if you are currently watching this on youtube thanks congratulations thanks you have much. eyes um we should also mention the uh new website that i've been working very hard yes. on copying and pasting my little fingers to the bone um it's, it's a collaborative effort it's myself and dan. actually i mean dan behind the scenes he programmed the majority of the thing i don't mm-hmm. want to take full credit because uh, but all of the posts say they're by me i know i saw that which i'm like, like yeah sheer arrogance of this guy i know <laughs> i know well i didn't i didn't make it like that i think dan did he's just he just likes to be behind the scenes he's just very you know he's not proud of his work but he should be so shout <laughs> out to dan um, but yeah, we have a brand new spanking website and it it just it's just a bit slicker and a bit sleeker. Slicker and sleeker, they're yeah, kind of the same thing. Words, yeah. Um but um it has some nice little features. For example, uh, it has a search box at the top right hand corner of the screen. And if you type in bands, it will come up with all the times said band is mentioned on our show. Or in theory it will anyway. I yeah. mean Still got a couple of bits and pieces to do behind the scenes with that. Although hopefully they'll be done by the time this comes out. So, uh, yeah, super exciting stuff. That's excellent news. Um, oh, well, oh, and there's also all our Spotify playlists on there as well. And all that, yes. all that kind of... It's all on it's there. It's all on there. Just all go the there. All the stuff right, is on there. Yeah, right at podcast.com. Um, there's been a big week for festival announcements we'll talk about in a minute. But first, where else can we start with a thing to talk about, Renfrey? After so many years, the people wanted it. And... It's finally happened. Motley Crue, having only just split up and made a big fucking hoo-ha about how it was a legally binding secession of touring contract that they could not get out of, that was watertight, that meant that they would never be able to reform. So you had to, if you were a Motley Crue fan, if you were stupid enough to like Motley Crue, uh, <laughs> you couldn't, you had to go to those last shows. Well, guess what, guys? Who saw it coming? Motley Crue have blown up that contract i'm not sure that's how contracts work if you just because there's a video where they blow up the yes the i saw that i saw yeah, that. i'm not sure that's how contracts work no i'm no. sure there'll be a duplicate somewhere i'm not sure it was a genuine contract i'm not either i get the I'm impression not sure, i'm not sure not only was it not a genuine contract in the video i'm not sure such a contract ever existed no i'm not sure because either. if it did and it was as bloody legally blinding and blah blah, blah as it what they said it was mm. it would surely cost them more money to get out of it than mm. it would 
at, to, and then go and tour than it would to, do you know what I mean? They mm. said, oh, it would bankrupt us. I, I interviewed Nikki Six when they first announced it. Oh, yeah. Um, and Nikki Six is an, quite a nice man. He's <laughs> 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 he, he, he was a very, like, polite, kind of um, likeable man. But I do remember, I think I've said it on the show before, I do remember being like, why are you talking like you're John Lennon? Do you know what I mean? Like, why are you talking like you're <clears throat> P- Pablo Picasso? You're in, Mo- <laughs> you're in Motley Crue. And he was going, oh, you know, we changed the world. And it's like, well, you're in Motley Crue, if that's what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone changes the world by doing their job. Like, the world is different with Motley Crue in, as it would be. So yeah, that episode, yeah. If know. I wasn't here, you'd be talking to yourself. And the and world you, would be different. And so the world would be different. changed the yeah, world. I have bro. changed so in that the respect, world. Yes, Motley Crue. Yeah. Well, yes, Nikki, yeah. you, you, you changed the world. Mm. Um, but let's take um, Renfrey and I's, or try and Renfrey and I, I'm going to try and take our feelings towards Motley Crue out of... Are we? Of this. Well, I think we should do, really, mm. just to provide... Okay. For a bit of you know, because obviously right. to quiet. us, Motley Crue coming back and people going, yeah, Motley Crue's like, hey guys, remember the Black Death? Well, it's back. <laughs> <laughs> they're expecting us to go, oh good, Black, Black Death. <laughs> nice, yeah. Very um, good. So we're not happy, Motley Crue, about because we like uh, sort of you know good, good music, bands, good yeah. music and stuff. So, but I think when you're a band and you split up in that manner, only let's you know their last show was less than four years ago it was on the 31st of december 2015 was mm. their official last ever show they're never coming back that's it the end that's it. um no more vince neil singing flatly which is how he likes to do it it's the I only flat that. thing about vince neil, <laughs> <isn't it>? um <laughs> yes. shouldn't fat shame vince neil but um you know it just felt really nice so i did um yeah uh, Vince Neil, yeah, it's not a great singer. But again, like I say, taking our feelings about Motley Crue out of Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, I, I wasn't doing very well at that, yeah. was I? Uh, the idea of a band making such a hoo-ha about their last gigs and then coming back together, getting back together less than four years after the last show, mm. um, is it, just, even for Motley Crue, feels very, very distasteful to me. Well, it's all theatre, isn't it? I mean, I like. I imagine that's how they see it, and you know, they're just they're they're, they're, they're more like. They're, I mean, they're they're a cabaret act, aren't they? So, oh I, shit! I'm not doing very well. At no, you're not nice. doing very well. The, the um, point is, is I I just think you, as an artist, whatever a musician is about, if, if what you say to people should have some sort of meaning. So if you make a big deal saying, if you're going to come see Motley Crue, you have to see it now. If you want this limited edition last tour ticket or last T-shirt, last tour T-shirt, if you want, if you're a committed fan of that band and that is going meant to mean something to you, yes. to come back less than four years later, yes. I think is, you know. I would feel somewhat cheated. Yeah. Because um, I would have uh, invested myself in the fact that this band were not going to be a thing anymore and they made such a hoo-ha out of it. And uh, a hoo-ha, I think that's what they're... A hoo-ha! That's how Al Pacino yeah, has been talking be, about yeah. it in the press. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, I, 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 yeah. I mean, it just leaves a bitter taste in the mouth, doesn't it? Mm. You know. Yeah. As, uh, uh, I, I, you know... We'll, Again, it doesn't matter to us because we're not going to go and see Motley Crue under any circumstances anyway. And I'm sure a lot of people are excited. But there was a bit Machine Gun Kelly who played Tommy Lee in the dirt. Now, the story is really they're saying because of how popular the dirt was. 
Oh, is that the excuse they're yeah, giving? They go, no, all these young people are now going. Um, Machine Gun Kelly was like, so many young people come up to me at my shows and say, oh, I wish I'd been able to see Motley Crue. And now they can. I never thought. I'd... And he said in a, in a better bit of acting than any of the acting he did as Tommy Lee when I never thought it would happen. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. So Motley Crue, as soon as they smell, you know, they smell. My... I, I suppose really. You, you again, trying to take it's impossible to take the Motley Crue out of this story because Motley Crue are, like you say, are just money grabbing little weasels and. You know, apart from Vince Neil, he's a big weasel. Yeah, um, and they don't exist to have any kind of moral um, compass. At no, all, that's really, the thing. They? I mean, they would delight in the fact that they're pissing people like you and me off, wouldn't they? I mean, oh, they're pissing off. I mean, I don't really care that much. Yeah, I mean, well, but... it doesn't matter if, if they want to go and <laughs> fucking rip people off and pay like, well, doesn't matter to me. It'll be uh, yeah, and it'll be hundreds and hundreds of dollars or pounds or whatever, yeah. and whatever they wherever they end up. I mean, you know, fine. If you like, I think the thing is, is even Motley Crue fans, like the last time around, even people who really love the band, were kind of admitting that they were not very good. Mm. They're um, probably better now, aren't they? Now, the older you get, you usually get better as a band. Do you know what? I, okay, so I was going to say one thing. I mean, there, there, there isn't no precedent for that. I mean, look at the kind of resurgence that Axl Rose has had. I mean, now that he has his old band back. Yeah, that's true. You know, I've seen uh, Guns N' Roses, um, the, the, uh, the the latest incarnation. And, and But I've also seen Axl and Friends as yeah. well. I'm making this, this distinction between those two uh, groups. And um, Axl and Friends, well, really varied. I mean, when I saw them in Leeds with uh, Buckethead, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. But then when I saw them at the O2 Arena, it was um, very dodgy, to say the least. And, yeah. um, you know, Axel couldn't hit all the notes and yada, yada, yada. Um, but, you know, these days, Axel is putting in a great performance for the most mm. part. And, like, you know, he's falling over on stage occasionally, but taking it with quite good grace, which is not something that he's ever really done <laughs> before. No, no. Um, and, you know, so th- there's, you know, it's not as if there isn't any precedent for a band um, getting better. Um we, there's one okay um there's oh, one well, member I, of one band iron maiden get better every time you see them <laughs> well, actually i mean iron maiden were the, the best i'd ever seen them last time as well but yeah. there you go i think that's down to the show really rather than then I, I i don't think they performed the best i've ever seen them but the show was the best i'd ever seen yeah it still counts okay well iron maiden there we go I'll allow it. Um, <clears throat> fair enough. Well, anyway, Motley Crue are back. <laughs> Why did this have to happen? Uh, let's talk about festivals. First of all, Paul McCartney doing his best cryptic tweeting. Did you see oh, his yeah, tweet? Yeah, he yeah, tweeted yeah, a picture yeah. of Philip Glass, Emma Stone and Chuck Berry, uh, yeah. which I thought was pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Glass, Stone, Stone Berry. Berry. Um, he's headlining the Pyramid Stage at yes. the Glastonbury Festival next year, the 50th anniversary, 50 years since the Beatles split up, and yeah. Paul McCartney as the Saturday night headliner at Glastonbury. Renfrey, how do you feel about the idea of... Uh, you, what, you're going to have to have some sort of legend of the game playing Glastonbury, mm-hmm. um, I think, for the 50th anniversary. I don't think anyone would begrudge that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think anyone would have been particularly surprised that they've gone down that alley. But mm-hmm. you, I don't really know what you think about Paul McCartney as a solo artist. 
Uh, I have no real love for Paul McCartney's music post uh, Abbey Road. Well, Ooh. post Let It Be. Not particularly. Um, I've never heard anything. But then, but then, actually, I'm being a little bit harsh because I've wings. A band on the run. Not particularly. No. 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 I mean, you really. know, you know, not. I've never really. Live and let die is good. Don't live it? and let die. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, I'll take the Guns N' Roses version. Mm. Um, and uh, because that's what goes. <laughs> yeah. Over the top of it, which Paul McCartney doesn't do, <laughs> um, and hence it's better. Um, yeah, but I've, I've, I, you know, I've very seldom gone in on a. In fact, I mean, realistically, I've probably listened to one Paul McCartney solo album I've the whole way to through. A bunch of them. Have you? I remember my ex? Well, I didn't know you at the time. But my ex-girlfriend uh, was just would only listen to the Beatles oh, and yeah. the various members of the Beatles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so she had obviously all the Beatles albums about four times. Would you recommend them. any of the Paul McCartney solo albums? Um, no, no, I wouldn't. No. Um, <laughs> I, do, I have to say, I mean, I don't know if we've talked about the Beatles a lot on this podcast. I, really, I no. fucking, I, I, I adore the Beatles. Oh, the Beatles are amazing, yeah. I fucking obviously. love the Beatles. I think they are. That kind of goes without saying, I think. If you're a sort of serious, if you have a serious opinion, wow, it seems shitty to say serious. But if you have a, a kind of a rounded and even a vague interest in music, mm. like seriously, like being into music, there's no, you can't really deny yeah. The Beatles were brilliant. I got you, um, I when I was on the Frontier tour, I was going through a massive Beatles phase. It was really quite nice to because um, I'm touring with this band who are like relentlessly heavy and like skull crushing. It was so nice to then just put like Abbey Road on uh, and just like chill out in the in the uh, van to some mm. Beatles. But like, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I mean, of, of course, the Beatles are massively overrated, but they're still brilliant. Um, but it's a tough one, that isn't it? Because you know they're they're not as um, when if you watch, have you ever seen the Beatles anthology documentary? Which yeah. I have to say is excellent. Brilliant. But it's it's uh, it's the thing that got me into the Beatles. Yeah, it's really great. But they do go oh and that, and then we invented MTV, and yeah. then we invented yeah, heavy yeah, metal, yeah, yeah. and then we invented yeah, yeah, yeah. dubstep, and it's like what well, yeah. exists for another. 20 years guys yeah. but um they're what, not what, what they're not th- as influential like they're not as influential to everything as did they say they invented heavy metal was was it helter skelter helter skelter yeah mm, yeah no 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also they said they invented MTV as well, which you know. There is that track on Abbey Road, the really fucking long one, which is like seven minutes long. She's so heavy. That's my. Favorite She's so heavy. Song. Is it? <laughs> that that. That's a great song. Is there an argument to say doom? Um. No. Uh, <laughs> I thought so. No, because that's so. Yeah, Abbey Road. That's what's what's that? Nineteen. 19- that's 1969. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Black Sabbath were coming out around that time. I reckon Black Sabbath, like Black Sabbath, would have existed at least mm. by that point. Mm. Mm. Difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, don't know. So I feel like I've gone off the topic here. Sorry. Anyway, Paul McCartney's not very good live anymore, and no. he's got a lot of dodgy solo records. Yes, um, he does play a fair bit of Beatles stuff, though, doesn't well, he? Yeah, he has to. He'll do a nine-hour-long version of Hey Jude, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh God, he will. Won't he? <laughs> yeah, of course he will. <sighs> Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, and his voice is fucked now. Um, but. Lovely uh, guy, though. Yeah, I've, you know, I've sort of. I had a period where I fucking. I got into the Beatles when I was going out with this girl, and then I, within months, I hated them. Because oh, right. I was like, I just. 
you'd go like, should we put some music on when we go to bed, just like to listen to in bed? Mm. And she'd go, yeah. What do you want to listen to? What do you want to listen to? Oh, um, and she'd go, what do you want to listen to? And I'd say, not the Beatles. And she'd be like, ah, well, John Lennon's solo album. It's like, (laughs) fuck's sake. More than four people in the world of all time have made music. Do you know what I mean? Um, People like that are absolutely sourcing. And loads of her friends were like, you do know the Beatles. There was someone trying to convince me once that Paul McCartney was a better bassist than Cliff Burton. And it's like, I'm Mm. sorry, but he's very, very influential. But he is not technically a better bass player than cliff burton he's not that is madness yes that is madness although very underrated bass he's a good bass player yeah. Yeah. i mean they're all good aren't they do you know what i mean they're all good yes yes um, ringo's a very underrated drummer yeah i don't I, I really want to talk about the beatles uh, oh, uh, Beatles album really quickly uh i think abbey road is it mm, it's a good album. i think abbey road yeah abbey road i i, I that was the one that i was really caning um i mean it doesn't count does it but past masters so Past Masters is the collection yeah. of all their singles. Um, um, yeah, but, really. Well, the reason why I'm like, oh, does it count? because the way that it works back then is the singles weren't on the album. So I'm like, it's not a best of. It's a collection of all their singles, which were not on their albums. So does it count? Probably not. Still. But um, but Past Masters is... I, I've been yeah, great. Re, re-going over Past Masters literally the last few days, actually. Oh, I would a... say they're such a good singles band. They're nearly as good a singles band as Oasis. <laughs> Anyway, um, Mac is playing Glasto. Good for him. Uh, Download have added 37 bands to their lineup. Um, (laughs) uh, See if we can find a good one. Um, uh, Are you you going to read them out? Yes. Airborne, Baby Metal, Baroness. There we go. Um, Blackout Problems, Bleed From Within, Blues Pills, Bocassa, British Lion, Bush. Yeah, Celador Moon, <laughs> Celador Moon Crow. Um, that's like a whole. That's about five names in one band. Yeah, name. I don't know who that is. Um, Chelsea Grin, Dead Label, uh, Dead Posey, Dying Fetus, headline in the main stage. Surely, <laughs> Electric Wizard, Killswitch Engage, Lit, Huh? Oh, yes. Lotus Eater, Marin, Ma- Marianas Trench, Obituary, Periphery, Pod, Powerwolf, Pup, Puppy, Skillet, or. Oh. Stonebroken Theory, The Last International, International, fucking hell. Um, The Pretty Reckless, The Wild Hearts, that would be great. Tiny Moving Parts, Uncured, Volbeat, of course. Um, Wargasm, Wayward Sons, and Wednesday 13. Anything out of that you're interested in, Renfrey? Well, there are good bands there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baroness. You've seen them all. At least I've five seen five them times, all. Uh, yes. Well, I haven't seen Lit five times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> although I have seen, <laughs> I have seen. Uh, last time I the saw. The idea that you need to see Lit five times <laughs> to really be able to. I need to hear that song five times. The la- album's good. Place in the Sun. I was about to say the last good. time. Last time I saw Lit, um, they were playing a Place in the Sun uh, for the. I don't know. I'm guessing. 15th anniversary yeah. would be my guess because be, it would be 20th this year so it must have been five years ago hello <laughs> maths and uh, it was at the electric ballroom and i had a lovely time but i did stand at the bank and get wanked they've let in order yes they, they, did. they got they got that they got that out really a lot of people leaving it like 10 past nine do you know <laughs> i i have to confess <laughs> that the moment because they did like the album and then they did you know like assorted hits mm. <laughs> which are all from uh, A Place in the Sun and uh, me and my friend left during Assorted Hits. That's fair. But then uh, I saw uh, Jeremy Popoff in uh, The Black Heart afterwards and uh, he looks very different. 
Does he? Uh, yeah, how he? He's just so like he's like got tattoos all over him now, and he was like. I don't, I think he had a shaved head. and Oh, yeah, it was very, you know, not that fit. He wow. hasn't got that Elvis 50s thing going on anymore. Anyway, people don't always look the same <laughs> after 15 years. Um, I, I'd like to see Bush again. It's been, I mean, I have seen Bush about five times, but the last time I saw them was probably about 1999. So I'd see Bush. Last time I saw Bush was when they first came back. Um mm. And they were playing the garage downstairs at the garage. At that's the, where I saw back. them when and they upstairs. James Cleaver Quintet, James Cleaver Quintet, Quintet, Hawkeyes, and uh, Turbo Wolf were playing yeah, upstairs at the garage. I made the it's wrong a pretty choice. Good bill that. Yeah, I made the wrong choice that night, um, yeah. and I remember being really uh, annoyed. Um, but uh, yes, um, Bush. Hmm. I so I love the first three Bush albums. I think they're great. I like the first two. Ah, oh, science of things, mate. <sighs> Chemicals between yeah, us. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that because that is a really good song. But Great what song. Else? I don't stop asking questions. Um, mm. Oh, fucking War Machine. Mm. War Machine's a great song. Is that on? Yeah, it's the first song on Science of Things. Yeah, it is. You're right. I memorize the basics. <laughs> and making oh, well, strange faces. Well, you put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great record. Uh, I saw um, Bush on the Science of Things at the Colston Hall in Bristol, yeah. which is With problematic. With 100 reasons supporting him? Or Bex Red? Vexred supporting them. I might, didn't even go on that tour, and I know Vexred supported them. Might have been Vexred. Mm. I feel like my vitriol might have supported them as well. I can't remember. Okay, well, Vexred did support them. So Lovely stuff. I'm not a liar. <laughs> All right. Um, the you. rest of it is pretty download, isn't it? It's it's just it's just very download. I mean, like. I can't imagine many people. I can't imagine the people who go year in year out who just buy their ticket. Uh, probably before lineups even announced, will be disappointed with it. I don't think it's particularly exciting. Um, mm. I, I, there are definitely good bands on there. There are good bands that we haven't mentioned. Yeah. The Wild Hearts. Um, the Wild. I mean, you know, again, I've seen the Wild Hearts uh, a whole bunch of times. Yeah, and they're great, and they'll be fucking great to download. I'm not going to go the way to download to watch Wild Hearts. No. I'm not going to go the way to the Wild Hearts to watch like pu- like a puppy. A pu- you know, I actually missed Puppy's London show a couple of weeks back, which you know, and I've seen Puppy again in a couple of weeks. Puppy. Oh, they okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go to Where's that. With Picasso. Um, yeah, and that, but again, Bacasa, I wouldn't mind seeing mm-hmm. them again. Yeah. Um, Airborne, I've not seen for years. Always really good live. Baroness, I mean, the thing is, Baroness tend to, if they're outdoors, they won't get a very good crowd, um, unfortunately. Um, yeah, Blue I also. Within, I like Blue from Within. I like Dead Label. That's um, old. Um, uh, it's the guys who supported Gajira. Yeah, yeah, took yeah. Over yeah. Place, they, didn't they? yeah, and they were, they were really good. I, I wouldn't mind seeing see some of the smaller bands like Dead Label and Puppy and. Um, who else? I saw another one. Tiny Moving Parts. Like yeah, Tiny Moving Stuff parts, like right. that. You'd be like, yeah. That'd yeah, be yeah, really yeah. Good. Dying, stuff like Dying Feet, it's an obituary, an electric wizard at download. Always a fun thing to watch. But unfortunately, it's all those kind of bands who won't get... Very um, big crowds. A very big crowds. Or they will... Um, they will get put on a stage where the sound is absolutely dreadful or you can't see anything. And the other thing that's fucking irritating... I mean, I like when I saw they announced Baroness, I was actually super disappointed because... Um, the majority i mean it it depends on the band and it depends on the contract and blah 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 and i'm not saying that download are the only festival to do this but a lot of festivals will go right you if you play our festival you can't play that country three months beforehand and three months afterwards which just basically means great we're not going to get a headline baroness show we haven't had a headline baroness show for golden gray in the uk yet and the earliest we'll get it's probably october or november next year and i'm like 
Mm. And and for what? For for Baroness to turn up probably on the second stage with a shit sound at Download Festival to play to a couple of hundred people. Yeah. Great. Mm. Yeah, bummer. Annoying. Um, there's some fucking dross on her, isn't there? Skillet are as bad as anything that's ever happened in, on this planet. I think I know Skillet. Um, I saw them supporting Nickelback, funnily Ooh. enough. Oh, yeah. That was a long old night, I'd say. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, you know, uh, stuff like, P- you know, like Periphery with their new album. Again, I yeah. like Periphery. But again, yeah, I saw Periphery were great on the second stage down a few years ago, and they played to about 300 people. I saw Periphery this week. I probably should have said. I should probably review Periphery very oh, quickly. Yeah, you? Yeah, well, fuck it. Let's do it now. Okay. I saw Periphery at the Forum, <laughs> um, and they were really, really fucking good. Yeah, I saw um, the Forum last time they came down. They were very good. Yeah, well, they, they sold it out, and they, they, they actually sold it out. Mm. Uh, go back to our conversation last week about Fever 333 uh, and various other bands. And um, yeah, it was absolutely packed. The crowd went abs- just insane all night. And it's kind of a weird thing, because I'm like... I dip my toe into the tech metal thing, but I do find a lot of it relatively boring, if okay. I'm honest. But Periphery for me are by far the best of those kind of bands because it feels like, <laughs> well, it feels like they write songs. Um, and you can't accuse all of those tech metal bands of not writing songs, but a, a lot of them doesn't yeah, really of course. feel like they yeah. do. Um, but no, they were really, really good. I really, I, I personally thought that the material from uh, the new album for Hail Stan. Yep was by far the best stuff although to be honest with you it's the stuff i'm most familiar with as well although they did end on a fucking great version of loon from oh, yeah. uh, three mm-hmm. lovely stuff uh, but like church burner and blood eagle and all that kind of stuff yeah was, that was wicked that, blood eagle's yeah. fucking ooh. that's when i was like yes mm. um yeah i thought it was great asteroid supported as well and they were uh really good i've been wanting to see asteroid oh god for like three or four years um and they never come over to the uk so it was nice to see them they weren't like they were the first support to uh, see them nice sorry nice, nice to see them nice oh yeah to i see, see them, them nice yeah, yeah i don't think bruce bruce was there um and um sure. pliny A dead man wasn't there no. <laughs> do, um, do you have an opinion on pliny um not really i've seen them i well my opinion of them is i've seen them and i, I as you said that I can't remember anything about them. Yeah, super, super techie, techie, tech, tech. Um, animals as leaders esque, instrumental. That's it. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and I saw them at Heavy Fest, which shows you how long ago it's been since I saw them. Okay. Bonjour is fucking okay. our you shit. You cannot up see this on the camera, but Bonjour <laughs> has literally just—I've got a spare SD card, right? In. And she's just knocked it over like just a fun. little. She loves it. Nice cat. Mm. Oh, bonjour. Absolute shithouse. Um, the father's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pliny are... like I, 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 the, the tech crowd and tech scene love them. And I, I couldn't sit here and go, oh, they're dreadful, blah, blah, blah. Because I mean, they're obviously not. Um, but I... Uh, I don't really get it. I, I was asking a, a mutual friend of ours, Matt Benton, because he's massively into that whole kind of thing. And he asked... Um, he. I asked him, why are Pliny so massive? And he said, they do that tech thing, the Animals as Leaders style thing, but it does feel like they actually write songs. And I was listening to it and going, do they? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and there were bits where I was like, okay, yeah, this is kind of song-like. Um, but, you know, they, they were on for like 45 minutes and I was just a bit like... <sighs> Mm. The end of it, but mm. yeah, but periphery were really good. Uh, Mikey from Sixth uh, came on and did a little bit during uh, Reptile, yeah, 
Pliddy came on and did a bit during Reptile as well. That really, really long song right at the beginning. Aren't they? Yeah. It was very good. Um, well, anyway, they're playing Download. Um, moving away from Download, we are <laughs> we have also got our first headline at 2,000 Trees, hey. which I've written down at 200 Trees <laughs> to <laughs> attempt to belittle them as a festival. Uh, <laughs> not really. Um, Jimmy Eat World headlining 2,000 Trees. That's a good yeah. booking. People have got re- people are very, very excited <laughs> about it. Um, yeah. I think Jimmy Eat World doing a headline performance at that festival will be Good. great yeah, yeah i think it'd be great i think if they and i imagine they will i think if they just pull out all of their biggest hits it'll be awesome yeah i would have thought they enjoy uh we didn't review their recent latest album because it's not very good. Really. We didn't review it because um, we both love Jimmy World and we don't like to say bad things about them. Yeah, but they've been on a it's fairly slippery slope for this decade, I would say. Well, that was the only reason why I was considering reviewing it because we slightly disagree. Because Integrity Blues, the last one, I like when I first heard it, I thought it was a um, not good. And then I actually saw them live twice in the space of about three <clears> weeks because they came to London uh twice in the space of three weeks <laughs> not necessary um and i ended up seeing them both times for some reason and it just made me love the, the record i actually well love made me like it very much i think yeah. it's a very odd weird record but i do i do actually really like it um but survival survivalism no that's nine inch nails survivor survives i'm a survivor the record is not very good i don't mm. think no the one before that yeah uh no, you're right. I don't. I, I've not really. I've not liked any of the last three. There's like one good song on. I love Invented personally. Okay. I think it's great, but you know. Fair enough. Coffee and cigarettes, mate. Coffee and cigarettes. You're full of melody today, Renfrey. I am. I'm yeah. very jiggery pokery. Good, as my um, mum would have said. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're very jiggery pokery today. So, That's what she'd say. Um, we also we do we have any live reviews apart from Periphery? Only one, nah. really, don't we? Only one. We saw. Um, we want to say congratulations to our friends uh, Emma Van Dyke and Matt Hayday. Yes, yes. Who, congratulations. You might have their their podcast straight out of popcorn. Mm. Um, M does a lot of PR with a lot of very 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 good bands. Yeah, and they got married recently. We went yeah. to I think probably the best wedding party I've ever been to. Yeah. <laughs> It was Back to the Future theme. Now, if you're a film fan, you've probably heard of Back to the Future. Yeah, you I think probably I know, know it's one of well, from it's it's my favorite. I love Back to the Future; it's the best film ever. I think. I think fucking brilliant. The original is as close to perfect as films get. I think. I think the first two combined is. I love the second one. It's I don't think it's perfect, but I love it. Mm. What's your beef for the third? It's perfectly good. I think if it came out as a film on its completely on its own. Mm. Everyone would be like, what a great film. But the reason mm. everyone slags it off, people do slag it off. Yeah, they do. Because the first two are so, 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 so brilliant. And yep. number three is just very, very good. I actually agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I think I think three is a very, very good film. Uh, but yes, um, so it was Back to the Future themed and it was based on the, on the Under the Sea Enchantment dance at the end of the first, well, technically at the end of the first and the second film, I suppose, yeah. if you want to be anal about it. And what a great bloody uh, band they had. Um, oh. Doing starting with Johnny Be Good, yeah, uh, and um, the dude from uh, I've forgotten his name already, which is incredibly rude of me, but so um, rude, (laughs) so so fucking rude. Um, from Bad Rabbits, yes, um, his name is it's uh, Fredua, is that how you say it? I have no idea, 
I hope it is. He was um, bloody good, though. But he was bloody good, and he was dressed as Martin McFly. The mm. guy playing guitar, I don't know if you noticed this, did you see what he had on his guitar? No. He had the picture. He had the same guitar that Marty <sighs> plays, and he had a picture of the family stuck in the neck of the guitar. It was brilliant, and they played. Um, the, the, I mean, just just to just to just to talk about the actual setting, just for a second, like the Van Heydays, they go to such ridiculous. The detail was amazing. Was amazing. Like, save the clock tower posters. Say, yeah, like they had Mayor like, Goldie Wilson like on the water. Like it was so. There was a fucking DeLorean downstairs. There was a DeLorean like, downstairs. Oh yeah, great. It'd be you know like. <laughs> a bit 50s themed mm. there's a fucking DeLorean mm. downstairs mm. Mm. ridiculous have you been to um, Disney or Universal Studios or anything I haven't like that? Actually, okay. no. my dad said he would take me when I was four and he never has so oh well, that's it's, why you're so angry yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> finally makes sense yeah. 69 episodes in we get it okay yeah. cool um when you queue for the rides in Disney or Universal Studios like they to, to alleviate boredom they create this they're, they're very good at world creation they do it at other other theme parks exist as well and, and they do do it at other theme parks but obviously Disney and Universal Studios are the most famous ones and um, uh, the, the detail that they put into that kind of thing is absolutely fucking amazing but it was that kind of level of detail and brilliance mm. it was awesome yeah, yeah. I went to the Back to the Future Secret Cinema a few Ooh, years ago lovely. which basically created Hill Valley yeah be that, that kind was, of thing it was, yeah. it was pretty good it was, I mean they had a lot more budget I would imagine yeah. but they were on par with that shit it was unbelievable yeah. um, the band though very very good covers of Whitney Houston and Prince anyone can do that yeah get it was decent they um, basically covered stuff from the 50s and, and the, the 80s. 80s and a real big fish cover as well that was good fun wasn't <clears> it? don't be absurd oh he got really very angry serious he got very angry with me because yeah, i'm talking about take right. on me aren't i you are yeah <laughs> you can call it a uh, weezer cover yeah yeah uh anyway it was a good time really good time best gig of the year it was, it was up there. Was uh, let's do some reviews. Was. See, that was like the thing where it's like, we've got to have something that we like <laughs> on yeah. this show. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of which, Coldplay. Uh, Renfrey. Coldplay. <laughs> yeah. uh, Everyday Life by Coldplay is where we're going to start just to get it out of the way, really, I think. <laughs> um, the eighth studio album by, uh, well... The most divisive band in the world. Coldplay. Uh, <laughs> You know who they are. This is going to be a rough one, I think. Um, so Coldplay, it's their eighth studio album. Um, this was your idea, Renfrey. You said, mm. I think we should cover the new Coldplay album. Yeah. So um, I oh. thought to myself, there had to be more of a reason than for us to just be like, ah, Coldplay. Yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> well, okay. Um, little peek behind the curtain. I just thought it'd be a really interesting exercise for us to do. So I apologise if we're wasting your time, dear listeners. Um, but I thought it'd be an interesting thing for us to do. Um, a couple of weeks ago, a similar um, discussion came up about whether we should cover the Stereophonics record. Yep. And I was quite... I was mucking around, to be fair. No, you weren't. You fucking love a bit of Kelly, don't you? First two albums I do, yeah. Actually, yes, I'd agree with you. Um, um, and uh, the one with Dakota on language, sex, other violence. No, I don't like that. No, shush. Um, and my argument against it uh, was stereophonics. You know exactly what you're going to get with stereophonics. Mm-hmm. I think with Coldplay, people have this. I think people have an impression that everything they do is the same. The and- criticisms that they are a, a kind of very, very bland bog standard it's all very bottom feeder kind of obvious music is that is a criticism which you know 
I think it's probably s- not true. Really. I think some of that is accurate and some of it isn't. I think like that the, they can often be relatively bland. I will admit that. But I but I I think anyone who thinks that they that Coldplay do the same thing over and over and over again isn't actually paying attention to be to be probably fair to be totally honest i mean um they have done all sorts of things in their career um i mean they're still cack aren't they um a lot of a lot of it is um i uh i can't remember if i've said this on the show or not but i i have certainly admitted on twitter personally the first i'd probably go as far as to say the first three coldplay albums i actually quite like um, tell them how many coldplay albums you own Mm. Come on. Um, mm, yeah. Or mm. I'll say it. An okay. Ago. All right. Well, um, through doing this review, I um found out that somehow I own all of the Coldplay albums on a physical format. <laughs> uh, and um, now, uh, oh, now dear. some some of them were gifted to me um mm. through the, the independent. Uh, some of them, <laughs> uh, some of them I just bought because it was like, oh, it's three quid. Fuck it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't have much defense. Um. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, oh God, I feel so embarrassed. Um, I think Coldplay, uh, Coldplay are bland, but then at the same time, they're a more interesting band than people give them credit for. It's an interesting paradox. It's the Coldplay paradox. (laughs) Um, in a way. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say, Renfrey about Coldplay, right? Coldplay, I, I, I actually, I can understand what you're saying okay. about Coldplay. Coldplay have never stuck in one place, no. right? When you think back to, but then I think that's true of a lot of those bands. Sorry, I've cut off my own thought then. But I think it's true of a lot of the bands who have gone for We Want to Play Stadiums from the sort of late 90s onwards, right? I think a lot of them that went like when you look at the Kings of Leon, even maybe Muse a little bit. Uh, when you look at the Killers, interesting. When you, interestingly, Coldplay uh, supported Muse on one of their first. They tours. did, yeah, they yeah, did, yeah. Round showbiz. Um, I think when you look at uh, the very, very big bands, what a lot of them tend to do is ape, is go for go for the kind of um, exist in the same kind of space as you two. When you two were the biggest band in the world, mm-hmm. I always feel like those bands go look at you two, and I feel like you two for like, and this is what I think one of the reasons why people hate you two. What one of the reasons? But one of the reasons why people hate you two so much is because they look at you two from kind of the mid nineties onwards, and they go, "What a disgusting, sickly, bloated. overwrought, bloated, <laughs> sappy, bland, load of old rubbish that is." Now. As I, I've said on this podcast before, the first seven U2 albums, I absolutely would go to fucking war against anyone for. I think they're all brilliant. Everything right? up to Zupra? Everything up to Zuropa. Zuropa, from, from Boy to yeah. Zuropa, everything I think is fucking, ex- is, is fucking astonishingly great. Like really, really great. And the thing about U2 is, right, is that you, when U2 were born, their influences were the Ramones, mm-hmm. television, yep. Velvet Underground, post-punk, punk rock, yep. um, the Rolling Stones, yep. and um, kind of Irish folk music, Bowie. Yep. And um, I think if you listen to that early stuff, that's undeniable, to be honest. Yeah, 
and um, it's just yeah. been tainted by a lot of the later stuff. Yeah, but, exactly, yeah. Ex- exactly. Um, but you two have always got a kernel of that stuff. I think because they come from that place, I think you two island. No, from that musically that place, <laughs> right. they've always managed to maintain at least a little tiny bit of something that um, that that means I don't find them utterly obnoxious. The problem with a lot of these other bands are Coldplay being one of them is their influences are U two <laughs> in nineteen ninety three, right? Or yes. Oasis, you know, or Travis, yes, or and that to me means that whole fucking even though they try and go off to all these different places ultimately you're coming back to a place which is musically ultimately not really very interesting so whatever they do and i don't think they're untalented i don't think they don't try and do lots of different things i think they probably do i think they've obviously changed and evolved and adapted i think they do quite a lot of different things on this record yeah we'll get fuck me we'll get into that (laughs) um but ultimately i just don't think uh artistically speaking coldplay are uh they, they come i think they come from a very different mindset to a band like you two and that's why i'm always a little bit standoffish of them i can't really argue with that so, so i'm not going to no fine okay <laughs> um having said that i own parachutes yeah i bought it when it came out good record it's all right yeah i mean good yeah, well, I think good is a bit much. I think it's all right. I think, and you know, and they've got like trouble. Is a good. Like, it's absolutely been played to the point where I never, ever, 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 ever want to hear it again. Mm-hmm. But it is. A, it's a well-made good song. Made, it's good song. song. Yeah, it's a I good think. Song. I mean, for me, Russia's blood to the head is the one. You know, <clears throat> I know a lot of people say that, and I have heard Fucking that. I love it. I think I was probably a little bit too anti Coldplay at that point. At that point, really yeah. Into it. But what are the big songs on that? Like, that's uh, the Scientist, yeah, Clocks. Smile upon your face. Uh, yeah, God put a smile upon your face. Uh, what's the first one? Politic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's a. I would probably go as oh god, am I prepared to say this publicly? I'd probably go as far as to say that that's a very good album (laughs) heady praise indeed i feel dirty um and to be fair to be fair to them they seem to have a sense of humor you showed me a video of a fake press conference they did now 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 we need to talk about this don't we yeah so and they well yes they do have a sense of humor whether they have a good sense of humor or not i really wanted you to see it particularly because as a ex-comedian slash current relatively funny man (laughs) uh that really means a lot um I found so it's a five minute video, which is a fake press conference, which is them kind of trying to take the piss out of themselves a little bit and just mm. trying to be like, hey, aren't we? We're wacky. And it's um, it's Carrie and um, what's the dude's name uh, from Portlandia? I forgot. Yes. Name. Fred Fred Armisen. Yes. Uh, from and Carrie from uh, Sleater Kinney are the two. Yes, so it's the two from who, who make Portlandia. Yes, uh, who are very who I love that show. It's really yeah, great. They're, show. they're 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 great. Very funny, um, <laughs> not especially in this video. No, not really. in this video. Uh, there's some just very odd. Oh, it's just it's bizarre, isn't it? It, it? it gave me the impression that they are so so far away from knowing what ordinary people find funny. <laughs> <laughs> do you Although know Chris I mean? Martin was again you watch extras how fucking Chris Martin brilliant in extras yeah extras was a long time ago though it was about yeah, 15 it? years ago wasn't it 
2004. You know, so I, I think I think a lot has happened in that time. And, you know, well, they've released four records in that time. And, and uh, I mean, back when Chris Martin did extras, I would have sort of probably said that, I, you know, what would they have been on X and Y or something like that? Mm. Like... I, there, there's a there's a lot of places that Coldplay have gone since then. They've made pop albums since then. They made that like schmaltzy breakup album, the Ghost Stories album, where they basically tried to sound like Bon Iver. Um, you know, they've done. Also, I mean, I'm such an expert on Coldplay. I've not heard any of these records. Have you not? Yet, okay. So well, Head Full of Dreams is the pop album. It's fucking abhorrent. Um, Ghost Stories is fine if you've never heard Bon Iver, <laughs> but right. if you have, you're like, why are you trying to be Bon Iver? Uh, you know, I mean, um, and then there's all the pompous Viva La Vida Loca stuff. What, that's not what it's called. Viva La Vida Loca. What's up? The Viva La Death thing, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, I suppose this record is the spiritual Coldplay album. Okay. <laughs> you want to call it that? Because you know what I want to call it? I want to call it African Child <laughs> strung out to over an hour. That's what I want to call it. If you uh, see Get Him to the Greek. Oh, yeah, sorry, it's 57 it's 50, minutes. It's 53 minutes. Oh, 53 minutes long. It's a double album, quite a short double album. It's a very short album. Yeah. Um, The opening song, Church, like straight away I was like, oh God, they're doing a world music album. Um, yeah, it yeah does sound like, if you've seen Get Him to the Greek, Russell Brand's character in Get Him to the Greek is a British rock star who is um, who yeah. has basically lost the plot and and released a song called African Child, and it is just absolutely hideous. And um, well, it's that cliche, isn't it? I mean, um, yeah. we were talking about the Beatles earlier. The Beatles did it. Um, they went to India, came back and made the White Album. Coldplay go to Jordan, and then they come back and they make Every Day. The, the, the first song is called Church, and it's all hand claps and whale song, and it is not good. It is not a good start. And I was like, Rem free, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just does all this sort of like. Uh, Lady Blacksmith from Bazo shit and yeah. then it just starts to sound like Coldplay and I was like oh yeah. god I don't know what's worse I don't know what's what's worse out of this um, it's uh, and then Trouble in Town it actually sounds a bit better kind of lush and there's um, yeah I thought Trouble in Town is, is, is bit, that, at that point I was like, that's not too bad it's got a kind of argument bit in it which is like a spoken yeah. word argument bit. it's kind of like Keys for Hoffman uh, yeah, by yeah. Tool for people who like Michael McIntyre <laughs> 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 Do you know what I mean? It's got a and it's that's got a, so got true. a sort of Pink Floyd guitar solo outro, and I was thinking, yeah. I'll allow it. There was a, yeah. <laughs> I'll allow that. <laughs> I'll allow it, Chris. Um, there's a few Pink Floydisms I've found on this. I, I think the interesting thing with this record is it's um it's very very bitty, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot of um it goes into a lot of uh sort of ideas for like two minutes and then abandons them mm. um now that is not necessarily a bad thing uh, just a couple of weeks ago you were saying the same thing of the wall i believe but yes Boyd, weren't you? but that um, does flow a lot yes but, the wall the wall flows like a river mm. whereas this flows like a uh, load of shit coming out your eyes <laughs> <laughs> That's a quote for the poster. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, so the the is it the song after that broken, broken, yeah, broken with a capital E for some unfathomable reason. Uh, it's got a gospel choir, mm. a gospel choir, and Chris Martin. Mm. I have to say, mm. it is at that point, Renfrey. I was like, 
this is like the sitcom, the theme tune to a sitcom from in America in 1994. <laughs> it is shite. It is tacked on bollocks. It is unspeakable rubbish. It's right? definitely the point where Coldplay detractors will be like, for fuck's sake. And people slagged off Bono for getting a fucking gospel choir in. Yeah. At least he was making them sing Where the Streets Have No Name, yeah. which is a good song. Yeah. This is an absolute pile of shit. It is so... Unba- it, embarrassingly bad. I mean, I, I, to be honest, it doesn't even register that highly for me. I, it's just like, okay, you're doing oh, that. Oh, I hate. I you I, hate it. I okay. was offended by it. Oh wow. Oh come on. Offended. Is there anything on this album that's offensive? Well, I think it's offensive to be to be that s- like smaltzy and cynical. And 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 not even be well crafted. I find that there is a le- the problem again with with bands like Coldplay. There is a level of pretense, mm. a level of um, supposed grandiosity that translates to nothing. That this record is got just absolutely chock a block with the loudest silence in the world. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and that is what that song is. That have- song is overwrought. Over emotional crap that means nothing. I think the key thing that you said there is the grandiosity that leads to nothing, mm. um, which is what Coldplay are immensely good at doing. <laughs> yeah. um, if ever there was a backhanded compliment, um, uh, yeah. And there's a, there's a few songs on here that you could make that argument that that you, you yeah the next you, song you you just wonder why are they there like w t o w o t w p o t p that little like acoustic ditty thing which mm. is about a minute and 10 seconds long and it's recorded on the street somewhere it's probably made meant to make him uh, chris martin sound like he's one with the people or um, when i need a friend is chris martin this later on the when album. i need a friend just sounds like a clip from songs of praise <laughs> yeah it's chris martin <laughs> like... singing with some monks for two and a half minutes yeah it's rubbish. Uh, which is i mean to go through yeah. them i've got a little note for basically every song daddy starts with a heartbeat bit obvious i think my heart nearly gave up at that point um <laughs> they've got lyrics like daddy are you out there daddy do you not care and you just think please god let this stop make this stop it, it, it it's like it's everything that people hate about coldplay they're doing the thing that that people most hate about them they certainly don't give a fuck about people who hate them do they no Clearly. they don't in fact they seem to which, be... which fair play i mean that's yeah, fucking great well, if that's for what them. you want to do i mean i maybe would suggest rather than just sort of falling into every bad cliche and stereotype that people that the people who hate you like to tag you with maybe think about writing a good song do you know what i mean i don't know mate that's just me that would just be what i would do but you know uh, if it was I'm, another band though you'd say that's punk as fuck no i don't think i would say that was punk as no? fuck i'd say y- the reason people hate you is because you're, <laughs> you're rubbish, doing what you're doing uh and it doesn't make you yeah, I mean, yeah, mate. I, I wouldn't say it about Gigi Allen. Like to take it to completely uh, the other extreme, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gigi Allen does what he wants. His music is still fucking terribly terrible. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he might go, "Oh, aren't I punk?" And it's like, "Yeah, but you're shite." Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, but I will say, like, there's one called "Wonder of the World." Like, that's the that's kind of all ukulele and doo wop. It's fucking rubbish. I hated that. <laughs> There's one on it though. Like I'm not just gonna sit here and go through every track and slag it off. There's a song called Arabesque on it, which is quite good. I okay. I really like Arabesque. 
I think it's jazz horns. Yeah. Simple melody. Yeah. And I'd be a liar to say that I was like, this is shit. Like, I would be a liar. I mean, it's I not as good I, as U2. No. But then I really like U2, so I'm going to let it slide. I think it's genuinely interesting. It's quite jaunty. As you say, the horns. More horns this year. Yeah, 2019, horns, yeah. the year of the horn. Mm-hmm. Careful. <laughs> um, um, you know, uh, and it has a, by Coldplay standards, relatively dark climax. I mean, it's very sort of PG mm. dark climax. Yeah. But And I was listening to it and I was like going... Bambi's mum getting shot. <laughs> You spoil that for everyone. Um, um, And um, I was listening to it and I was like, if Radiohead released this, I would think it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) So so there you go. (laughs) I I think it's quite good. Smash up my copy of The Bends if Radiohead released this. No, I I actually think Arabesque is really good. Arabesque is is a pretty good song. I think that's a really good... It's clearly the best song on the record, It's a good song, yeah. I'm really glad you agree with that. Yeah. Uh, To go through, there's a song called Guns, which I think is sort of trying to sound like Johnny Cash. Guns is weird, wasn't it? Because he's sounding like Teenagers by My Chemical Romance. (laughs) (laughs) It does, doesn't it? So he swears loads on it. And it's like, yeah. oh, Chris Martin, what are you doing? Stop saying the F word, you naughty mm. boy. It's yeah. weird. Mm. It's a, yeah, I mean, I don't dislike it. It's just a little bit like, it's like he asked Rob Flynn to write the lyrics for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And it's, um, you know, again, it's a, it's a song that opens the second half of the record. Yeah. It's less than two minutes long. Yeah. We should say that the two halves of the record, one is sunrise and the other is sunset. Yes. Um, uh, and there is, well, can we save the interludes? Of course. We can. For later on, because I want to talk about that, because I think that says quite a lot about the record, to be honest. Okay. Um, I mean that you know to go through the songs. There's a song, the second track on it is called "Orphans," and the That's first the time first I heard single. it, first single, first time I heard it, I thought that is a really cool bass line. Okay, <laughs> it's a really good bass line. I was it's distracted by catchy. the annoying children singing in it. Yeah, to it's be super honest. catchy, and it nicks a ooh ooh again from "Bad" by U2. They've <laughs> totally ripped that off. First time I heard it, I was actually like, oh well, you know, this is kind of jaunty little pop song. Oh, but really? that's the thing with, I guess, with with music, isn't it? Because you know, you're as you, the good thing about music, and if music is good, is you kind of you evolve with it and you change with it. And the first time I listened to that song, I thought, oh, that's quite an interesting little jaunty pop song. And the second, third, fourth time I listened to it, I thought, no, it's a fucking pile of shit. <laughs> so it's rubbish. Do you yeah. know what? It um, went from being quite catchy to being as more annoying than Barbie Girl <laughs> within the space of four lessons. Oh, that is, come on. Um, I, I, um, no, you're right. It was never as good as Barbie Girl. <laughs> The first time I listened to this record, I did just have it on in the background because I was just like, okay, I just want to sort of get an overall sense of it. And I was quite surprised that Orphans is the 10th song on the album. It's not the 10th track, we'll get into that. Um, But it's the 10th song on the album. And it was actually, because I was like doing shit, I was doing other bits and pieces and blah, blah, blah. blah. It was the first point where I sort of turned to the stereo and was just like, oh, you're really annoying me now. (laughs) Uh, but, But because I wasn't, paying you know if i'd been paying attention to it then i would have been annoyed earlier mm. um but uh, and i and then when i looked it up and discovered it was the first single i was like oh of course it is <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Like, it sounds like it's got all the kind of the bells and whistles of modern pop music like yeah, yeah you know yeah. Uh, it makes sense and although it's not it's not as i mean <laughs> to, to go in on the uh, coldplay discography it's not as poppy as some of their more 
outlandish poppy moments their last yeah. record was was a pop album and a very irritating modern one as well mm. um, um yes. just for kind of the rest of it uh, i think echo is bad cry 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 sounds like jamie cullen no no old friends <laughs> nothing to report really it's a sort of short acoustic song not really that offensive but nothing i would ever really choose to go back to in any way um banai adam is a fairly enjoyable instrumental i think yeah that's some sort of for the first half anyway it's got a nice piano part it's got some kind of spanish i think spoken word parts and then i quite like banai adam it's um just very quickly it's written as uh, uh on the actual track listing it's written in persian i believe okay. on the actual right. uh, um yeah listing. And then um, a geezer starts going, may there be peace and love. And mm. then it drops off a fucking cliff. <laughs> no. Um, Champion of the World, like finally just sounds like ordinary Coldplay. That's surely going to be one of the singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just sounds like possibly. standard Coldplay. Yeah, uh, yeah. With none of the other kind of like Afro Celt beat rhythm stuff on top yeah. of it. And the title track has actually again got a nice piano part. It sounds quite big. And I was listening to that right at the end and I was like, you know, I can kind of live with that sort of thing. I can yeah. kind of live with that. Like, yeah. it's not it's not good. Do you know, mm. It's not what I want to listen to. It sounds like sort of Imagine Dragon's drunk uncle. But <laughs> so it's not it's not good. But at least it's just like, yeah, this is what Coldplay kind of sound like. I thought it was perfectly fine. No, I didn't <laughs> think it was that good. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, uh, this... This is Coldplay's world music album, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll take this. I will take this over the last abhorrent pop album. I'll also take it over the uh, breakup uh, Gwyneth, with Gwyneth Paltrow album. Right. And and they did an album before that where they, oh, they had a duet with Rihanna on it, which was fucking abysmal as well. Yeah. I mean, actually, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. <sighs> um, because it's the least annoying that i've heard for a long time i might even i reckon this is like the fourth or fifth best coldplay record and that <laughs> drink that in <laughs> yeah. the fifth best fourth or fifth fourth or fifth um, best album but it's because to be honest I, this album definitely doesn't annoy me as much as it annoys you clearly when it's on in the background i think it's um perfectly nice i don't like it particularly but i don't hate it um and there's some sort of nice bits there's a few reasons why i do hate it okay and it's not necessarily because of what it sounds like because so much of it is so indistinguishable it is i'd I, say I definitely half of it is that. completely indistinguishable yeah, yeah and half of it is like what are you doing? I think when I get to the, the what are you <laughs> yeah. doing? You know, like I say, this is Coldplay's world music album. Who, who do we really blame for this? I kind of think like, wh wh when did this start? And I mean, obviously Paul Simon's Graceland, I think needs to take quite a big, you know, that kind of brought um, world music into a very mainstream consciousness. What really, year was Graceland? 1986, 87, I want to say like well, kind can, of mid eighties. Right. Well, so it's a long Can you not ago. go back to the Beatles again? As I said at the mm, beginning, of I the... think particularly, well, not in a, I mean, yeah, the Beatles are the white album pop. The white album has a lot of, yeah, but that's uh, Indian, isn't it? Yes. Okay. What are you, what are you specifically talking about? Well, yeah, I mean, Indian, obviously Indian sort of, um, uh, influences are part of world music, but I'm more thinking, this has got a lot of that kind of when when that happens, the Graceland happened, and then 
it's like Lady Blacksmith and Bazo came along, didn't mm. they? And that was some people like, oh, and I, I suddenly like world music. Heal and the then, world by Michael Jackson. Heal the world, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, well, even the end of Moonwalker by Michael Jackson, when you have a come and see the moon is rising. Oh the yeah, moon is rising. And that was like, <laughs> that's Lady Blacksmith and Bazo. <laughs> Uh, I only remembered the other day that Joe Pesci is. Uh, yeah, he's going, <laughs> I'm gonna make all these kids take drugs, loads of drugs. That's my. I was like, well, why? <laughs> How is that gonna? Oh, we are gonna move on to a film that's even more nonsense <laughs> yeah. than Moonwalker um, in a minute. <laughs> but you know, and then sort of, you suddenly had all these people talking about. Oh, I really like Felic. All these kind of middle class white people with dreadlocks going. I really love Felic Cootie. You know? <laughs> You know, and Damon Albarn did the good, the bad, and the queen. It was like, well, it was oh, yeah. kind of Afro yeah, yeah. Afro beat, and it has been a thing that sort of sat in quite boring mainstream pop music. You look like what are they called um, not vamp- is it vamp- Vampire Weekend? Uh, they and Bombay Bicycle Club and oh, bands yeah. like that and yeah, do yeah. that kind of. Yeah. They're awful those bands, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, along come Coldplay. With all these like fucking African child god complex, I'm gonna heal, save the world, like comic relief music. Like, actually, I wrote down comic relief music as well in my notes. Fuck off forever. (laughs) So I and I just like, I I hate. I just I've got nothing against somebody who genuinely. (laughs) There might be people listening who go, I genuinely like actual african music i genuinely like actual asian music like when we spoke about jambinai yeah. who are korean korean right yeah. now i know nothing about korean folk music mm. really mm. right well not even really i know about jambinai that's it right <laughs> yeah. but the idea of a band from korea mixing their own kind of traditional traditional korean, korean folk, folk instruments, instruments with, with sort post-metal. Of post-metal and black yeah. metal it's like to great. me, that's something that I'm really, really interested in. I am not interested in Chris Martin dragging a bunch of like gospel singers yeah. into the studio and going, "Hey guys, yeah, we're mates, aren't we? Yeah. Hey, I reckon if we do this, we can change the world." Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. I think there are ways. And I like you too. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I am completely. <laughs> just like anti- you're not totally blinded innocent. by rage by this sort of thing <laughs> i like you too i would happily i want to i keep saying i, I want to interview bono on this podcast yeah and do. he's a, like got the worst sort of messiah complex of anyone ever even jesus he's got <laughs> big, he's got bigger jesus does have a messiah he's complex. got a bigger god complex all that son than of god, god bullshit and i would still i, I just go well you know rattling hum's great like whatever <laughs> fucking the Unforgettable Forgettable Fires amazing I'll fucking at least put up with you I can't put up with Chris Martin Do so there's think... that can I say the other thing yep, that really annoys me and then I'm done um, the six track interlude right oh yes sunrise sunset interlude one to six lasts in completion six interludes back to back lasts what 30 seconds Four yeah. second, five second, ten second, four second, five second, four second, five second. There's probably some sort of mathematical message in there somehow. And it's just the, the sound of a church bell ringing. It's the sound of a bell. Right. And, uh, and sort of someone, there's the a little tracks. bit of chanting somewhere as well. But yeah. Maybe, yeah. Um, that might just be the single most cynical thing any musical act have ever done in the history of music ever. Why do you say that? Because of streaming. 
They have put that in Ooh. because they're going to get an extra stream. There's 10 seconds. We've got six songs in 10 in. Well, what is it? So it's four seconds, five seconds. So that's. Uh, it's, ten, it's know, about 30 seconds. Do you know what? Um, only in some cases, because you need to. Um, it doesn't register until uh, the, sec- the sixth second. So actually, those four second ones are a waste of time. Well, so if if that if that is if that is the reason for it, they fucked that up. Well, I okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I cannot understand. I was like, that has to be, that has to be the reason. And surely, that's the most cynical thing anyone has ever done. Like a lot of songs. There was there short. was that there was that band who released like a fifty track album, and it was like 10, 50 tracks, ten second tracks of silence. Just to get, and they actually got quite a lot of money. Did they? This is like the early days of Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, you know. Um, but then, you know, I and I know, it, like we spoke about JPEG Mafia last week and how, yeah. you know, bands make sh- and, and acts and musicians make very yeah. Very I mean, to be short honest, short songs and lots of tracks. Yeah, it's, it's sure very maximized. It the... is very prevalent in hip hop. Let's yeah, be honest, definitely. and R and B and yeah. And I understand I what you're saying. Though. Like, is that not them doing that? I mean, why? Why else? Does that, mean uh, Napalm De- Does that mean The Kill by Napalm Death? One of the most famous songs. Not, they never get paid any royalties for that. It was one second long. Um, no, no, they wouldn't. And You Suffer's four seconds, isn't it? No, they wouldn't get royalties for Oh, yeah, that. so You Suffer's one second. I thought it was four. I mean, the actual song is one second. Think, yeah. The Spotify track might be. Yeah, I think the Spotify the track kill, is four. The Kill's like eight, nine seconds or something. Like then they would for that. But, but it, it, it's six seconds before it registers. Apparently, certainly used to be. Anyway, I'm, you know, I've not looked out for a long time. Okay. Um. So yeah, maybe I don't know. Possibly. Um. The question I was going to ask you was, do you think um it is possible for Western bands to take those sort of Eastern influences and make good records? I probably. Ah, uh, Graceland. Graceland's record, all right, isn't it? Yeah. I think um uh, Pearl Jam get accused of it a little bit with No Code, and I think No Code is a wonderful record. Um, we talked about um, Sunnydale Real Estate's How It Feels To Be Something On um, not too long ago. And I don't think it does it in such an overt way. No. But I definitely think it takes a lot of stuff from yeah, Eastern music in a far more subtle way. And uh, basically, I'm trying to say, yes, it is possible. I think it oh, is yeah, possible. Oh, yeah, I think it is possible. I think in the kind of the very, very schmaltzy, obvious um let's drag you in and just do the thing that what i think like you know what does what does the what do the members of coldplay actually know about actual world music i would be interested to know we don't know right we don't know i could but on the evidence of this i don't think it would be very much well they're going to uh (laughs) the day that this is released they're uh, going to Jordan, and uh, when the sun rises, they're going to play the sunrise part of the album. I, do you know, when, when you <laughs> say they're going to Jordan and the sun rises, I was like, is that when Harvey's going to get up? <laughs> it's Jordan and her son. It's all right, isn't it? Nothing end offensive end? about that. There's only about her, have I? Should we just end it there? <laughs> yeah, let's end it there. Um, so this album's really bad. Um, it's I, a good. I'm glad you brought in Renfrey, and I tried. I did try. Do you think we'll be reviewing Coldplay's ninth album on the I, show? I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't. Oh, think, who knows? I mean, the thing is, it might be a deathcore album. You never know. They've not explored that yet. They haven't. No. So and I will try to fix you. Yeah, I mean, fix you is just such a massive ripoff of um, Small Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. Oh never noticed that what 
When you try your best and you don't succeed. Oh, yeah. You do what you want and you get what you need. Try this thing and spin it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there fucking blatant. And you know what? I would say, oh, well, uh, you know, did Coldplay even know the Pixies are? When that came out, that came out around the same time as the Pixies reformed. And everyone's going mad for him. So I bet Chris Martin went, now oh, what is it? Oh, I like that song. It's in Fight Club. Do you know what? Pixies reformed in 2004. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think X and Y came out 2005. So yeah. there might be some precedence for that. Who he, knows? He ripped it off. And it's not as good. Anyway, Everyday Life by Coldplay is out now. It's all right. Uh, we, <laughs> we did it. We had a go. We had a go at doing it. It's um, fine. It's fine. And I'm sorry. All right, so Slayer, <laughs> from Coldplay to Slayer, uh, as the world always intended it, Renfrey. Um, Slayer, the repentless killology. As Slayer departs this mortal coil, um, they leave us with their first ever movie, a revenge thriller of sorts, and then uh, a kind of concert film at, uh, at the end of it as well, filmed at the LA Forum in 2017. So essentially... Um, what this is, is uh, kind of three Slayer music <clears throat> videos um, interlinked with some sort of narrative. Narrative is a very strong word for it, but yes, mm, yeah, if you, if you will. Yeah, it's a very strong word. Um, it is their first movie. It's certainly not their first concert film. There's been, there's been plenty of those. Yeah. In fact, well, I, I own about four Slayer concert films on DVD. I own three on DVD, yeah. yeah. Got a particular um, favourite? Um, I do think the still raining one where they play Rain and Blood and Fall Absolutely. is very, very, very yes. good indeed. That's great. Um, I War do, Warfield, you got that? Um, yes, that I do. That's very good. Quadruple film. Fast, and yeah. I also like because uh, that's got quite a lot of God hates us all material, hasn't it? Because it's yes. uh, that yeah. era, mm-hmm. and uh, I also like um, divine the divine intervention, intervention yeah. one. They're the, they're the ones, yeah. And they bring because uh, they bring Rob, Rob Flynn out, don't they? They the do. That. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what song it is, but um, yeah, you know, and they're all uh, they're all Slayer in concert, aren't they? I mean, yeah, they you are. know what you're going to get, kind of thing. Um, I will say that the concert footage for this is. You know, really good in terms of the filming. It's probably the best. I think by yeah, far. I, I think it is actually the best looking. Yes. Slayer concert film. Yes, uh, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, For, I'm not necessarily saying it is the best. No. But it's certainly the best filmed and the it's, best. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One, obviously, there's a lot of kind of swooping <clears throat> shots. There's a lot of shots taken from on the actual stage. Yeah, and. Um, so yeah, they obviously the either cinematography. Had or if you want, or yeah, whatever, yeah. You know. um, the cinematography, if you want to call it, that's that, what is, I was searching for. Yes. Is probably is well, not even probably is. It is the definitely best. Yeah. the best you have ever seen yeah. from a live Slayer show ever. And, and it also it is really nice. I mean, I went to see them at Wembley Arena around this time last year, yeah. actually, and. Um, seeing well you sort of see what i mean by the fire now right yeah well that's the other thing i was going to say it's definitely the most even the rain in blood show yeah at the end yeah blood rain blood and that's kind of it really and normally like i've every slayer show i've ever been to and i've been to a lot um but i never saw them in an arena I'm mm. pretty gutted that I missed that Wembley show. Now I think it's the same night as Wilhaven. What the fuck? It was, yeah. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was, it was so much better than I thought it would be. Yeah, it was very, very good. So, um, having seen a lot of Slayer shows, having and then having seen the 
just the fucking absolute heavy metal bombast of that live show i, I was it made me go uh, maybe I pulled a whoopsie there by not going to. to I said show. it this time last year. At the end of the day, Slayer with fire is just fucking cool. Mm. It just looked great. I mean, you know, at I the end of the, thought the set list was really good. The set list well. was very, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was. I'm pretty sure it was the same set list as Wembley. And you mm. know, yeah, it was. Um, it's very. The concert footage is very good. Yeah, I very, very not, much. That's not necessarily the film no is it? Um, <laughs> that's not the most exciting thing to talk about either <laughs> yeah um so jason trost plays wyatt who goes to avenge the death essentially it's a kind of avenging the death of his pregnant girlfriend and enlisting um amongst the uh, well danny trio uh who you might know from breaking bad and from um, every lots of mean film the, ever and the the nachos advert yeah. <laughs> Old he Alpaca plays advert. um he plays machete in that grindhouse yeah, machete. film machete uh grindhouse I him once did you yeah oh yeah for yeah. hammer for metal hammer yeah. oh nice yeah uh over the thing yep was he nice he was lovely yeah, yeah I bet he, he was really really cool he uh it was actually they were meant to call it two in the morning oh fuck okay. so i was like fucking hell it was one of those ones they're like you've got him at two in the morning it's like fucking hell so i gotta wait up and then at two in the morning i got a call going he's not gonna be ready for another hour and a half <gasps> i was like oh man so i had to wait up till half three in the morning right and um yeah and then i i got him and he was really great he was really great lovely yeah, really i'm sure great. he's a lovely and man jessica pimentel from um yes. orange is the new black who's yes. also going out with thomas haker Ooh. from uh Meshuggah. and she's a massive metal fan she's in the band mm -hmm. i believe as well and i've interviewed her as well and she's she is she's really lovely she's a real sweetheart okay. like a really nice person um so we know that nice people are involved with this film. so nice people and slayer, and slayer. Uh, <laughs> i've interviewed kerry king as well and he's kind of nice if very Slightly intimidating. <laughs> has some interesting views, but yeah, yeah. that's got over No, I have no interviews. Gary King. Okay. I I asked to uh, once, um, but the uh, but I said what I was going to ask Kerry King, and then I was denied. <laughs> what were you going to ask Kerry King? I don't think I should say it on the Haircuts? show. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I won't say it on the show, but yeah. Well, I'm going to find out what that is later. Yeah, you can find out later. Um, so anyway, this basically is a pretty rudimentary. Um, kind of gore fest with Slayer Chuck. Grindhouse cinema, isn't it? Yeah. And um, when like um, Grindhouse had this big sort of uh, well, big resurgence, had a minor resurgence, I guess, when uh, Quentin Tarantino and, and Robert, Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez got together and did for the, the Grindhouse project, the grind, the Grindhouse project, if you will. Yeah, um, which, which ended up being split in this country. Yeah. It was the film's Death Proof and uh, Planet, Planet Terror. Forbidden, forbidden Planet. I think no. it was Planet Terror. Planet Terror, I've forgotten. Yeah. And then that kind of started this spate of because um, there were fake trailers uh, for those movies, which you know was quite like kind of a, it was kind of like a fun little project, and then it just went too far because then we got stuff like fucking like Machete and mm. Hobo with a Shotgun. Did you ever see Hobo with a Shotgun? No, I didn't see Hobo oh with God. a Shotgun. No. I like I I don't get offended easily, mm. right? Until someone says a rush of blood to the head is not a great album. <laughs> then I get furious. <laughs> um, but Hobo with a Shotgun is a really nasty little film. Mm. It's it's just it's just nasty. Um, and um, this Slayer film, I wouldn't. I mean, it's too shit to be nasty. <laughs> I think it, it's quite a grim 
it's a, I mean, you know, it's Slayer for a start. Yeah. You shouldn't ever <laughs> yeah. expected it to have been, uh, you know, anything other than utterly, utterly brutal. Well, that's the thing. Because when you hear, oh, cool, Slayer doing a movie, that sounds, sort of sounds all right. Until you think about it for longer than three seconds, it's like, oh, Slayer doing a movie. I mean, what else is it going to be but Grindhouse B-movie violence and with... Yeah, you know, I mean, as I, as I said, you said there's a narrative to it. I think that is a really, I think that's being very kind to the word narrative. It is essentially a man called Wyatt killing people in very nasty ways. Yeah, uh, in order to, uh, yeah, in order yeah, to avenge. While, while the, Slayer playing the background. While Slayer playing in the background in order to avenge the death of his uh, pregnant girlfriend. Yeah, which and that's quite a... <laughs> horrible thing to see because you see that yes you see you see uh, her death um yeah. which is completely i mean it's just it's just i'm kind of like i feel like it's there's aimed. so much that you go that was not called for no, no like no. a good filmmaker no. would not have no. done that yeah yeah and it's just there's a bit where he's they stamp on the guy's skull mm. right mm. and you just see him you see the skull crack and you're like, oh, fair enough. Mm. You go, that's not very nice. And then he it's carries on nice. sort of stamping on it. Mm. And then you see like a sort of just a smashed up skull that this guy's stamping on. And I was like, we, I got it. Right? There's he a lot of lingering. Skull. There's a lot of lingering shots, which probably aren't necessary. Yeah, and popping you know, someone's eyeball. Oh, well yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the um, just to uh, go back to this uh, stamping on the skull, always a favourite topic of mine. Um, there are uh, two scenes in two films which are where something incredibly similar happens, i.e. identical, uh, Irreversible and Drive. And if you want to, yeah. s- you know, if you want to see the difference between how you sort of do that well and artistically and interestingly and then mm. how some amateur does it. Um, called... Well, I mean, the, the I mean, we must have spoken about Irreversible, uh, the most have. mentioned film we've ever yeah. on this podcast which ever. It's quite uh, disturbing, which is pretty really. weird, isn't it? Um, but uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, I did think that as well. I thought, oh, it's here. But rather than whereas Irreversible, you go, oh God, please, like this is really just traumatizing. In the Slayer film, I did just go, okay, I've got it now. I just kept laughing. Mm. I found this really laughable. It's a bit where he pulls a guy's heart out from his stomach. Yeah. You go, yeah. I, what are you made of? Yeah. Like, yeah. Who could physically do Again, I'm looking at the reality. That, well, could you actually do that? I mean, obviously, no, you couldn't. But you watch it. I was like, come on, man. Like He pulls an actual heart. I like, cuts yeah. his stomach. Yeah. Puts his hand in his stomach, reaches and up. And reaches up. Pulls and then his heart out. And the heart yeah. beating sort of yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. obviously... It's a silly film, but there are a, a few bits film. that are genuinely quite, I thought, quite nasty. Okay. Well, Danny Trio um, kills a guy in front of his wife and kids, mm. which is, you know, just a horrible thing to see. Mm. I didn't like that. I think they. I think it's just sort of like, I sort of question the um, motives of the people making it really in, in the sense that like do I, I, as i said i laughed at a lot of it because i found it really amateurishly done i wasn't laughing in yeah, a, the like, acting and the performances are very very bad uh, the acting and the performances are really bad but not even that just just the manner in which it's shot and like there's a mm. lot of <clears throat> like people sort of 
Um, they come from the left hand side of the shot or whatever like that. And then suddenly they're on a different part of the, you know, I mean, it's laughably bad. It is. It's very, very amateurish and very, very sort of poorly done and done in, you know, to basically be quite poor taste. Mm. Um, and there was a review of this. Um, it was on louder.com. So I can only assume it was um, for Metal Hammer or mm. classic Matt rock. Mills. It was Matt Mills. Yeah. Hello, Matt. Yeah. Um, um, lovely if guy. You, if you listen to Matt. Yeah, I, I, I think he does. I, I think he does from time to time. Yeah, Thanks, so Matt, so yeah, listening. thank you, Matt. Um, lovely, lovely dude. And and Matt was Matt seems like genuinely quite affronted and offended by the film. And I have to say that I I find it quite difficult to be offended by this because I, I find it difficult to be offended by something made so poorly. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, I think it's just you know there are bits in it where you go. He, he shoots a pregnant woman in the stomach, mm. and I don't you know. And the thing is, is like. If you are doing that for, I mean, Irreversible is a great shout because that is truly horrifying material. But that kind of hint that, you know, again, that that is not made to titillate. That's that's or it. to, that's to sort it. of to make you go, oh, cool, dude. Exactly. Whereas I think, you know, like I'm all the guy when, you know, because there are a few bits where I went, the, the bit, there's a bit where he stabs a guy's hand into a, a wooden uh, plank yeah, yeah so like yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. walk so the guy's hand is basically like and then he pulls him off yeah and he doesn't pull oh, the no, whoa, whoa, whoa. he pulls his hand he pulls well, he i pulls know this the, is episode 69 but the there's no need for that off of the away from the wall yes. and his hand just splits in half yes yes and it stuff like that like as someone who likes horror films and you know has watched a lot of violent films you do sometimes see things and you go oh, that's well, very that, that's that, very creative that thing, makes you that makes you wince because you can kind of you can imagine almost it, yeah. sort of imagine that kind of pain mm. and that's that's like a little bit more creative and a little bit more kind of like yeah that has a, that has an effect yeah. it actually has more of an effect than the eye popping bit yeah. for example because it's yeah. so poorly done but then when but yes i think but i think you know, for me, if you are going to do that kind of gross out grindhouse, like just everybody gets killed in these creative ways or whatever, there's some stuff like, for example, shooting a uh, shooting a pregnant woman in the stomach. Yeah, I, I is not cool. I don't think that's that's not the sort of thing that I I want to get titillated by. And you know, I suppose if you go over there, I've got a load of death metal albums that talk about some pretty fucking horrible stuff but i do think that you know the the sort of the climate and the um uh the the kind of want for people to express and to create those kind of images and that and you know danny trio stabbing that guy in his like his home in front of his wife and kids again Mm -hmm. And then kind of reaching for like you actually don't see him kill the children, but you assume that he does yes. because he's about to kill the wife and you see him sort of go to stab the wife. And you're just like, well, that kind of home invasion shit, like doing that in front of children. And, you know, again, particularly the, the shooting an, an unborn baby in a woman's stomach, I just think is, is, you know, like I just was like, that's a shame that you've done that. I think you hit on it perfectly when you said it's done to titillate and that's what i mean by you have to question the filmmakers or the writers or whatever or everyone involved um the the it's it's when it's it that's kind of the the whole piece is diffused with that desire to titillate and as you say make people go oh sick that's Mm. really oh that's gross oh my god oh and because it has that feel about it and the stuff that is happening is 
you know, genuinely quite nasty. It's just that it's just rubbish. Mm. And I just, I just kind of. And get... even Slayer themselves and, and the sort of shit that they have in their lyrics and the sort of shit they say in their songs and the kind of imagery they have, which can be very, very violent, very nihilistic, very nasty, very kind of cruel. Um, I don't think they've ever gone to the lengths of like those cartoony extremes. Yeah, yeah. Like there is something about Slayer, which does kind of tap into genuine darkness and something like that. Like I say, it's just, it, it treads a really awful line between like I say, titillation and very, and just very poor taste. Mm. Um, and it's not well done. Nope. Uh, and you don't, and you know, th- there's a few bits. I, I thought the what it did make me remember, think is that, you know, for example, repentless, there's the, I wasn't very keen on Repentless as a record when it came out, but listening nope. back to, I mean, particularly the title track, mm-hmm. um, is really good. It sounds, it sounded really good with all that kind of prison riot fucking image going around. Yeah, and stuff like you do go, oh, you know, actually yeah. that album's sounds much better than I remember it sounding. I can't remember the last time I even bothered listening to it. To the main issue honest. with Repentless is it's just in very well, it's very Repentless and it's very repetitive, and that's yeah. that's the thing. It kind of sounds good in five minute chunks, but outside of that, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it sounded good in this film, and yeah. the song sounded good within the sort of the um, the the you know with with everything else that was going on around it. But ultimately, yeah, not good. And Slayer when they turn up at the end. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and do a bit of acting. acting. <laughs> um, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can't ruin it because people will want to go, will want to watch this. And I would say, you know, it's 40 minutes long. Um, it's worth watching for the live Slayer footage. But as a film, I mean, it's not very good. Oh, it's, it's, it's atrocious. It's, it, it's, it's absolutely rubbish. But I like, I don't even think it's atrocious in a, I'm really offended by it way. Because as I say, it's just not well made enough for me to be offended by it. I just thought it was laughable. Um, but you know, there you go. Um, I think um, I don't want to spoil the Slayer bit at the end, but uh, I would be really stunned if Slayer actually reacted in the way that they did in real life to what happens in in that manner. They wouldn't at all. No, I don't think anyone would. <laughs> no. No. It's no. crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's really funny. Gary uh, Holt looks like someone's just farted, and yeah. believe me, it's a lot worse than Sorry. that. The dead body there. I don't even say that much in there because there's a dead body throughout the whole thing. But there's a dead body in front of Slayer, and they just sort of go like, like, who's left their socks on the floor? <laughs> It's <laughs> a dead body outside your dressing room. In fact, if... if like, you know, your mum would be like, oh, pick your dirty what pants up <laughs> off the floor. That's what Slayer looked like when there's a man dead in front yeah. of them. Like, oh, oh dear. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's rubbish. Concert footage, good say. Concert footage is really good. Yeah. And I love Slayer. It's not... The thing about this is that none of it's Slayer's fault. <laughs> this isn't very good. No, I suppose not. You know, everything, every time Slayer turn up, you go, yeah, this is, yeah, Slayer. But, mm. you know, it's just all the other stuff, mm. which is pretty bad. Anyway, that's um, Slayer, the Repentless Killology, which is out, I don't know. Killology um, isn't even a word. That's, oh, it is now. That offended me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I, don't even cause I didn't make it up. <laughs> um, let's move on. Um, let's talk about DJ Shadow. This new album is called... Your pathetic age. I thought it was our pathetic age. That's your pathetic age. Okay. 
Pretty sure it is Renfrey. Lovely stuff. I'm going to double check it though, just for the for kicks. Anyway, while you, you carry on, I'll double check I'll it. Do that. Uh, it's the sixth studio album from the much loved producer stroke DJ, a double album. The second double album of the week. Lucky us. Um, <sighs> uh, the first album compri- compri- com- uh, is comprised oh. mostly of instrumentals, um, very much like his classic uh, introducing album. It is our pathetic age, according to Wikipedia. Is it? Well, I've got it on Spotify right now, and it says your. This is an exciting... I thought the arguments were going to come during Sleep Token, but uh, obviously not. No, clearly not. Oh, it's not loading up. Fuck it. It doesn't matter. Whatever it's called. It's the new bloody fucking DJ Shadow album. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is our pathetic... On Spotify, it says your pathetic age. I think. And that doesn't make sense. Your pathetic age. Yeah, your pathetic age. Uh, that's really yeah. annoying because I thought it was called that and I changed it when I saw it on Spotify. So screw you, Spotify. Yeah, um, fuck you, Spotify. For lots of reasons, frankly. But, <laughs> but yeah. It is our pathetic age. You're, you're absolutely right. There we um, go. Yeah, fucking <clears throat> fuck's sake. Uh, anyway, introducing um, by DJ Shadow, the, uh, the instrumental record that I just referenced, which is kind of similar to the first half of this record. Yes. Um, the second half is then a kind of uh, collaboration with a bunch of vocalists and rappers talk about that in a moment but introducing is a modern classic a very very influential very unusual record um a record that came out um at a time when i'm not really sure i'm sure it wasn't the first instrumental hip-hop album but it um it did kind of it's definitely one of the definitive ones yeah i think i think it was particularly influential for um the hybridization of uh disparate sounds that you couldn't imagine i mean dj shadow was very well known for just having a monumentally mammoth vinyl collection when vinyl wasn't cool again in fact it was very very uncool at this point we're talking introducing what 94 mm-hmm. um and um yeah he would just mix you know like jazz with metal and uh just do wop with freaking i don't know blues i don't know like anything and everything and introducing was like a really weird mishmash pot of all sorts of things Mm -hmm. which you would have thought shouldn't have worked but somehow did um and um at the time um yeah it's probably not right to call that revolutionary but it was certainly quite new and quite different and quite distinct he toured as the support act to radiohead on the okay computer tour yes he did um uh, who and they were incredibly complimentary about him Mm. um obviously he then went on to work with james avell and uncle um we've spoken about science fiction on a previous writer's review an album which i very very much like even though you know i do concede it has dated quite Mm. a bit Mm. um i think i'd probably say the same of introducing as well if I'm, yeah, if I'm I've honest. not listened to it. I did a quick listen to it, but um, um, uh, just very quickly, I actually think introducing is considered the classic. I think the Private Press, which is the follow-up, is yeah, actually really... far better. Uh, no, not far better, but I think it's better than introducing personally. But yeah, you know. I think it's, it's it's touch and go. Okay, I would say I wouldn't. I absolutely wouldn't. I'm not going what that ah. at all because I think you know the Private Press is is fucking really really damn good i think it's i think it's bad but anyway introducing is um yeah very very important record certainly um it's one of those records um i think i referred to this last week or maybe the week before maybe it was during jpeg mafia or something like that it's one of those records that people sort of went oh you should listen to this because uh there's a bit where he does metallica so you'll like it Mm. um 
and I did sort of say, well, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to like something. Um, but actually, I introducing I quite like. <laughs> I would right. say yeah. I quite like introducing. I prefer Private Press. Um, but those are the only two DJ Shadow albums I'd heard up to this point. Though. Me too. Ah. Funnily enough, oh. I um, yeah, I really liked introducing, and I really liked the Private Press. Mm. Um, when they were out, and then I've just sort of not really gone back to DJ Shadow. A bit like Uncle, actually. Well, yeah, you know, I got the yeah. second Uncle album, and I didn't really like it so much, so I just sort of dropped off, and I dropped off on a lot of that stuff, and I ended up yeah. listening to different types of electronic music or different types of hip hop, or you know, and then going, well, I'll just listen to extreme metal instead. It did feel very time and place, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did, and um, and that's why. Um, first half of this record which is more of the kind of classic um sounding dj shadow material first time i put it on i was very very disappointed mm-hmm. i was very first sort of i listened to about half an hour of it and i was just like i'm gonna come back to this because it's it's not good dude. oh really okay uh, um it sounded there were two things that i thought that were screaming out at me one it was really pretentious and two, that it sounded really dated. Um, I certainly think the latter. Um, I found it about as inoffensive as the Coldplay record, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. It, and and, and <laughs> certainly the first listen, or the first couple of listens, uh, it was just kind of um, in the background, and very little was was standing out to me. Um, There's lots of bits of. There's something called Juggernaut, which kind of sums up the first um, half of the first part of the first bit of the album um which is full of noise which i you would think i would like but it doesn't mm. do anything mm. it doesn't go anywhere mm-hmm. it doesn't evoke anything no. really nope. and it just seems really quite happy with itself without really doing anything yeah. and i was like you can argue that for a lot of this record can't you yeah you could to be honest and it's um that just sort of sums up that part of the record i mean going back to it um a couple more times Speaking of the first half, you know, I actually thought intersectionality has got a sort of like this weird early 80s disco vibe to it, which I thought was actually quite cool. Interestingly, that's one of the few songs which sounds a little bit more modern now by being retro. Yeah. Because there's a sort of synthwave element to it. Yeah. Or you could argue as synthwave. I mean, I think it's done far, far better by name any synthwave artist yeah, working yeah. now. But, you know, but, at least I was like, oh, actually, that is yeah. a bit different. I, I, I thought intersectionality was okay. Yeah. Was, uh, okay. This song called Rosie, which is one of the few ones with vocals in the first half. And actually, yeah. as a sort of pop song, like, I don't know, Fatboy Slim or something, it's actually quite cool. It's kind of retro. It's got that big beat thing that he mm-hmm. that was big in the 90s. Um, it's got a kind of jazz hook to it. Yeah. And yep. it's got the kind of cut and paste aesthetic of his early material with a bit of kind of wob, wob, wob from the sort of modern era. So I thought that managed to tick a few of the boxes of stuff that I like and and kind of bring it up, Not maybe not completely up to date because that's obviously the dubstep thing is, you know, the start of this decade, really. Um, Interesting that you say cut and paste, though, because one of the things that I think is um, so brilliant about introducing in the private press is the way in which it manages to uh, bring these disparate elements together and make it flow so, so well. Flow like a river. I don't know why I'm obsessed with that at the moment. Um, but it flows really, really well. And it just feels like like you could listen to Introducing as just like one long song if you wanted to. Yeah. yeah. 
Whereas this doesn't have a very good flow. Again, it feels, I mean, I feel like I've just copy and pasted my notes from the Coldplay review, which I did not suspect would happen for this album, but it feels really bitty, Mm. I think. I think it also, you know, I'm sorry to, you know, get on my post-rock high horse here, but I think it actually shows how difficult it is to write an instrumental album and keep it interesting. Yeah. Because this, the first disc of this is 40 minutes long, exactly 40 minutes. It's really boring. Mm. It's really boring. And, um, I think it just goes to show how tough it is to make something um, sound like it's evolving and going to places and changing and interesting over a long period of time when you have no vocals. Mm. There's, yeah, I mean, there is, you know, it's slim pickings for me on that first half. Yeah. I I like it more than I did the first time I listened to it because the first time I listened to it, I was like, this sucks. This is like just such a fucking weak, watered down, just you know blamange of what he used to do but you know um i have to say i never even thought it sucked i just thought it was very meh like like the yeah, Coldplay album yeah, i just yeah, thought no, it was very fair, like suppose, yeah mm. you know there's a good piano part which really reminds me of uncle which kind of keeps coming through which starts on we are always alone it's quite nice quite minimalist um and that sort of refrain happens again through the album a couple of times more in the second half as well but yeah, the first half of it, I don't like. I think for me, and we might disagree on this, to be honest. Um, we will. I think the second half is much better, but it's still not great. We definitely disagree. Okay. There's a few on here, like Rocket Fuel with De La Soul is excellent. Uh, I yeah, I quite like that. That sounds like Gorillaz. It sounds like kind mm-hmm. of classic, classic De La Soul, but updated. I think mm-hmm. it could fit snugly on a Gorillaz album, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Rain on Snow with Ghostface Killer and Inspector Deck is great. Oh, uh, I can't stand it. Really? I think it's got some great like lyrical... Um, couplets on that oh i think I, the lyrics are the worst part. i, do, I, 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 I just i, like I just put lyrics. rain on snow oh dear <laughs> i think it's dreadful okay but it's got this little theme it's got that kind of that hook that kind of um that's a springfield-esque hook on it oh i didn't realize it had a hook well it's great then in that case. no no i'm just saying like, no, i like I, the hook i like okay. a hook and i like the juxtaposition of the two and it's quite a moody yeah. thing i'm very um, happy for you it's dreadful okay there's a song <laughs> called jojo's world uh, featuring a dude called Stro, um, which I think is, which is about suicide, uh-huh. uh, and I think is probably the best song on the entire record. I think the fact that I've listened to this second half of the record four or five times and I didn't even, um, uh, it didn't even occur, it didn't even register that there's a song about suicide on it. it says it all, really. Doesn't really, it? okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like that song a lot. That could that that's got a, I mean, it's absolutely nowhere near as good at all, but it could have been something that would fit on the clipping album but they probably would have gone this isn't good enough let's yeah um, <laughs> yeah uh, but it's got a similar sort of vibe i think to i'm it. offended that you're mentioning clipping compared to this yeah but i'm just talking <laughs> yeah, about i know like, what you mean I know what you the, mean. Yeah. yeah um and i quite like the opening song with naz and pheromonic but it does sound like it's just come out of the image it could be pitch shifter it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds that like fucking dated to be honest yeah um well again, a lot i think a lot of the second record sounds very very dated it does it sounds like kind of 90s i mean listening do you know what listening to the second half of this record made me (laughs) it made me appreciate the jpeg mafia record a little bit more Mm. um i don't i still don't like the jpeg mafia record but it made me go oh actually that jpeg mafia record is is a far more contemporary and far more modern and mm. actually a far more interesting record than i realized when you compare it to to this yeah uh, i mean there's a song in it called um like for a kind of when he 
a sort of more modern thing. There's, a, there's something called small colleges, which is a kind of proper, just really bog standard, really obvious it's like SoundCloud rapper yeah. track. Yeah. And that feels like, you know, with the, here we go trying to do, I'm, I'm contemporary. I can keep up with the contemporary mm. kids and that. And it's just, it's, it's really boring. Mm. And I expected something really angry and cool with run the jewels. I mean, people go on about run yeah. the jewels and, you know, yeah. but it's okay. It's yeah. got a kind of n- quite a good sample of an early soul song, but, mm. and it's about a dog or something. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's not. But very it's not good. as good as Blink One Eight Two's "Fuck a Dog," is it? <laughs> no, and <laughs> I mean, again, the only other one from the the album that I think sort of stands out is uh, the title track because it's got um, Samuel T. Herring from Future Islands on it, who's mm-hmm. got a really, really distinctive voice, mm-hmm. and I think that is such a massive part of why the second half doesn't work. There are rappers on here who have distinctive flows and distinctive voices, but there are also a lot of people where you're just like, you are, you could have been, like you say, plucked from any point from fucking Def Jam 1996. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And just like b- b- dug up from a B-side from yeah. somewhere. And then you get this guy, this guy with his weird kind of voice from future. And you go, yes, finally someone with an actual distinctive voice. I don't even think it's a particularly good song, but it was just, oh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't seeing who was who on the record. I wasn't paying attention to who the guests were when I was first listening to it. And straight away I went, future islands guy. yeah yeah it's a pretty enviable list of um yeah it's got some people, people you know I, I mean push a tease on it push as well. a tea, run the jewels della soul ghostface killer nas you know i just i just i just wrote down like some of the ones that i knew mm. <laughs> and and you know well, there's a whole a bunch more there's a whole that's not even half of them i don't think yeah um but yeah but it, it sounds surprisingly flat considering there's all those guests and, on it and also i mean it's called our pathetic age and it is it's a guy who's quite old moaning about social media. Yeah. Again. It's doing the thing that profits are raised it's in. I mean, so much of it. Yeah. So much of it is like, I bloody don't like Snapchat. And the thing is, is a lot of these rappers coming from people who probably have like 2 million people following them on Instagram and who use that all the time. It seems a bit weird. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, there's an interlude on it called I am not a robot. And it's going, oh, if you, if you hear it on the radio, it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. It's like, Come on, man. We yeah. know this shit. Like again, well, most, you know, like, most don't kids listen are, to the man. The most kids are probably going, "What the fuck's a radio?" <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like I just, you know, this has been done. This has been yeah. like it feels really. It made this album made me feel really old. In the same way as like listening listening to like a new when Motorhead would release an album in like 2013 or something, and I'd go, "Oh yeah, new Motorhead," and then you hear it, and they'd be quite like good still. And you go, oh, it's recognisable as Motorhead, but oh, they sound a bit old, don't they? Mm. Sound a bit sort of tired, like oh, you know, still Motorhead, great. Yeah. But maybe that's to be going. I wonder if young people think that as well. <laughs> and this is what I listen to it. And when I'm going, like, oh, I quite like this one. I'm like, do I or is yeah. this just you know? If I played this to like my 14 year old cousin or something, would he be like, what is this, Granddad? Fucking hell. I imagine so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I'm not well. I'm not well. Um, uh, well 
researched no i don't know much about this kind of thing but even i was like this is old school yeah. stuff um yeah. just to say some nice things about the second half record because i haven't said anything nice about it yet um i thought dark side of the heart had a nice ish cinematic orchestra type feel to it yeah. but then at the same time i'd find it difficult to recommend it when the band like the cinematic orchestra exist and um urgent important please read i thought was vaguely interesting for a bit but it does outstay its welcome at yeah, five and really a half does. minutes yeah. if it was three and a half minutes i'd be like that's a really good track but no that's it yeah it's a shame this i mean a lot yeah, of the reviews have said you have to slog through a lot the reviews haven't been uber positive but they haven't been uber negative no, either. i think we've been, been more negative about it than most definitely of the yeah um I, it's, I can't remember the exact score of metacritic but it's 70 something which is mm. generally considered positive i think i read a review from i think it's rolling stone which said there's some good stuff on here but it's quite a slog to get to mm -hmm. and i think that's quite a fair comment i think yes. you know there's stuff on this record that i don't that i actually quite like mm -hmm. but there's a lot of stuff where i'm like at you know over an hour and a half runtime. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff which absolutely just does not need to be on here. Yeah, it's 92 minutes long and it doesn't feel. Uh, I mean, the first. I mean, I'll give Coldplay the point here in that at least Sunrise and Sunset has some sort of theme and it I can sort of see how they well, go together. And, yeah, just about. Uh, but the, the, I do think that the two halves of the record do sound relatively disparate from one another. Yeah, I think you could split them apart and release them and people might not even know it's the same. Well, they probably wouldn't know it's the same artist because it sounds like DJ Shadow behind it. But yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Whereas they it, don't feel like... Could, they don't feel connected those two parts really that's, other, that's other than I mean. the fact that they're like technology's bad yes exactly but then there are so many records doing that sort of thing that it's very difficult to make that feel connected i think yes correct so you know um yeah a shame because dj shadow back in the day was was really fucking cool yeah i wanted know? to like this yeah and as, as i said i do like dj shadow yeah that i like yeah but i i i really can't ever see me going back to this to be perfectly honest i prefer the coldplay record wow i don't think that but uh okay um our pathetic age by dj shadows out now just go back to bloody private press in it <laughs> yeah private press yeah. Uh, all right let's go to our second to last record it comes from sleep token it's called sundowning it's been out a few weeks now but we haven't really had a chance no, to get it hasn't it's week out this half? week it's out this week proper no yeah. oh, maybe on physical it's out um, no, they've been releasing a single from this album every every week, week for flipping ages. So everyone's basically heard the whole thing, more or less. Um, and they do it at like Sunday. It's very Coldplay. They do it at like four a.m. when the sun is at its highest point on the third week of the solstice, and all this stuff because Sleep Token are very kind of um, pretentious, <laughs> caught up in their mystical whistical ways they like to call their gigs um well they they say come and worship don't they and all that sort of thing and you have um a lot of time that. oh yeah oh they flipping Didn't love it know that Flipping, yeah, because flip, uh, they're Who like the fuck they they are? worshiping some sort of uh, god or worship something. Worship tribute? Like, no, it's I. I mean, I would worship worship and tribute because it's a fucking great mine. record. Just crush your nut balls against my leg. <laughs> stuff. If you watch a YouTube channel, you'll see that exact moment. So oh, worth tuning in for Good. that. Yep. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, so it's uh, a debut album from the much hyped uh, Tech Mask Wearers. 
That's what I'm calling them because I don't really know. They wear masks and it's quite techy. I already have an issue with this. Do you? Go on. Yeah. Um, and actually, this Only is gonna... one of them's got a mask. No, 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 no. They all have masks. Okay. Um, my so sleep token get. Um, put in with tech scenes all the time mm. and they get put in you know they get put on tech bills and they are definitely called a tech band by a lot a lot, a lot of people mm-hmm. um and i think this is happening with a few bands as well another band i would point this towards is uh, probably loathe loathe get put in with a lot of uh, tech kind of mm-hmm. stuff i don't think either of those bands are tech bands at no, all not... i think what unless the genre is changing I mean... well i think the reason why they're put in with those bands is because they have a tech guitar tone, mm-hmm. aka Meshuggah's guitar tone. That sound, isn't it? I do apologise, my co-host is having a fit. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, um, I uh, am and- fit, more like. That is that is more offensive than the Slayer film. Yeah, that is. was a lot more offensive than yeah. the Slayer film. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, um, but I, I, I think um. I think this is beginning to happen quite a lot. I mean, maybe you could argue that that's the tech scene opening up um, a bit more. But um, there, I, I, I don't mean this as a criticism particularly. But there's nothing on this album which is particularly sort of difficult to play. It's all like, and hence for me, it's not a tech record. Yeah, but I would say a lot of those tech bands, it's all about. Uh, there, there's the thing is, is if you actually go to something like Tech Fest, you'll see there's basically two types of these bands. Those ones who just want to go gong 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 and go for ages, and ones who do the kind of atmospheric, atmospheric floaty tech. Atmospheric is a nice word. Atmospheric, yeah. <laughs> atmospheric floaty tech stuff, right? Which is not really necessarily heavy, and it's all a little bit more subdued. And I can see how someone would look at Sleep Token and go, oh, yeah, they're a bit more like one of them. Yeah, this is the other point where I'm sort of going to disagree with you, but um, I feel like we probably should move on to that in a little bit. Um, yeah, I I, I I, mean, I will say I've um, TechFest isn't the example that I was going to use, but I went to Euroblast quite recently and saw Sleep Token there. And um, for me, they were one of the best bands on the bill not saying loads but they (laughs) were um and um they certainly got one of the best responses of the entire weekend and certainly i will say that the tech world is embracing them in a a pretty incredible way actually um and uh i've seen this band live a number of times now because i'm very interested in them um but i have to say and it's probably been reflected if you've been listening, you know, regularly. Um, my reviews of them have varied quite a bit. Um, sometimes I think they've been absolutely elegiac and amazing. The gig at the St Pancras Old Church last year um, springs to mind, which sold out in something ridiculous, like 17 seconds. And there were people from all over Europe there. There were people like talking in different languages, <laughs> hence them being from different places like in Europe. Album. Brexit. Um and um all that sort of thing. And it was an amazing atmosphere and just just people people having travelled that far for this show just made it like really spectacular. It was it was absolutely amazing. And actually even Euroblast was pretty impressive seeing all these sort of um Germans who'd never seen this band just totally won over by something that they'd not really seen before. I think um, 
the reason why, in my opinion, this band are getting a lot of hype, as you said, and a lot of um, a lot of kudos, I suppose, at the moment, and a lot of love, and they really are getting a lot of love, is because I think they do do something quite different from those atmosphery bands, as we're going to call them. <laughs> <laughs> and the difference for me is how much more dynamic they are i think the floaty floaty bits are far more floaty floaty and uh subdued and chilled and i mean actually second mention for them but they reminded me certainly when i first heard sleep token i sort of described them as the cinematic orchestra meets Meshuggah, which no one as far as i was aware had ever really done before i didn't think anyone had ever gone that soft to that heavy within the dynamics of one song and I, I, I think finding bands that do that um, over and over again is quite rare. I mean, you could argue Devin Townsend does it over a career, mm. but I don't know. Does he do it on one record? I mean, maybe in bits, but, you know, I, I, I don't I, I think that is why people are really responding I think in the tech scene, I think you could probably write, you could be right that they are more uh, dynamically interesting than a lot of the bands in the tech metal world. But I think, with all due respect to a lot of those bands, that isn't really that difficult, to be honest. Well, yeah, well, I I, I will concede that. and mm. But I will concede also that, that, for me, that's why they were a real standout and a real highlight at Euroblast. Because mm. it was like, oh, well, finally something that. a bit different. I can see that for you sure. Know? I mean, for me... This is a mix of metal, modern rock, a bit of tech, tone, tonally. Yeah, certainly tonally. And yeah. modern pop, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul. Um, I think there's soul in here. Yeah. Because uh, I think I think the vocalist, whoever it is, because uh, it's all, uh, sounds all mysterious. Like, he's, do you know who he sounds like? Go he on. sounds like Mike Juice from Leather Atlantis. He sounds... I would be like, if you told me that this was the geezer from Atlantis, but just he was really sad. <laughs> I'd go, oh, look, oh, he is sad, isn't he? But he is the same. He's got exactly the same. I think it is Mike Juice from Atlantis. Okay. I can I can categorically tell you that it isn't because I've met him. Okay. But, uh... but have you seen him sing on that album? No. Well, uh, but, but it's, this album, it's, it's not it's Mike Juice. Mike Juice from Atlantis. Okay. Wait, all right, okay, but it sounds he's he's got he's got the exactly the same voice as him. Is that a bad thing? No, 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 no I'm just saying that's who he, he reminds me of. He really, really reminds me of Mike Juice from Atlantis. He I think he's shake it. I have to say, I think you know, I I, I agree with all of those things in terms of I, the Mike Juice thing. I'm not 100 percent sure, but but the, in terms of like the pop stuff and all that kind, of, yeah, there's loads of pop in this. And um, in terms of his voice, I think he's got a brilliant voice. Personally, I I, I think he has a brilliant um way of uh, hmm. uh doing emotional sort of sentiment without it being too schmaltzy i i i'm gonna have to immediately disagree with you there immediately Uh-oh. i'm afraid now okay i was gonna add a little bit more to that no, no you go for it but just yeah. while we're on that i absolutely categorically cannot disagree cannot agree with that Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. In a, no, no, of course, that's fine. In a vocal sense, um, unfortunately, I think some of the lyrics p- 
put it into schmaltz a little bit mm. and there are a few i mean i understand why they do it there's a few sort of repeated phrases on the there's a few repeated phrases there's a lot of repeated phrases on the record there's a lot of moments where they i think the thing the thing that i've been worried about with sleep token is them getting stuck into a um cycle um the first two eps one and two uh i got really excited about um because i loved that sort of juxtaposition between the cinematic orchestra-esque stuff going into the meshuggah guitar tones certainly mm-hmm. i just thought it was a really cool dynamic and i'd not really not really heard that before um what concerned me about the eps is um the song structure of every single song was identical i.e uh, the first three minutes is like wibbly wobbly cinematic orchestra, soulful stuff, mm. and then it, a big chuggy riff comes in, or maybe a little bit of like uh, weird modern instrumentation mm-hmm. noise stuff, and then it goes all heavy and stuff like that. I'm pleased to report that uh, I don't think you could accuse every song on this record taking that song structure. Not every single song. Not though. every single song. I think there are still quite a few of them that do yeah and i do think that they do get stuck in the same ideas again and again and again mm-hmm. a little bit too much this album's 12 tracks long and it's 55 minutes long and if it if every single song genuinely felt different from one another i don't think it would be too long but they just don't there's a there's a lot of songs which feel well, that song is just an inferior version of the song which that which came three tracks earlier or whatever, mm. in my opinion. Mm. What do you want to say about it? <laughs> um, I quite like the song Sugar. That's got one of the... Sugar, sugar. Yeah, it's Taste kind of floaty. And it's like... It's I'm quite surprised you like that one. Really trying probably a bit too hard to be cool but i can imagine it being played in a club it being quite cool yeah um it's good live that i one. do like the heavy song there's one heavy song in it called yeah, gods gods yeah that's a good song i, I like it mm. but i am like okay so here's the thing really because i don't hate this record mm. i don't think this is a bad record at all mm. um i can see why it's going to be big um yeah. i just can't necessarily see why it's going to be bigger than any other things other than that they're wearing masks to be perfectly honest um, Do you not that see- song Gods is no better than a Heart of a Coward song. It's no better than a Bury Tomorrow song. It's a decent metalcore song, but it's not any better than anything that was on that last Heart of a Coward album that you said was all generic and blah blah blah. blah. It's exactly the same. It hits hard. I, mm, I, I don't. I don't disagree with you, but within the context of the album, it hits harder because of everything that's around it. Maybe, maybe, but that's because you know. There's songs on this, like there's a song called Levitate, which is way too sugary for my liking. Mm. It's an actual ballad. It's, I mean, it, it's like Justin Bieber. It's quite like a few. It's quite a few guitars. actual ballads on here. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Sugar is one where you go, well, that's really catchy. And it's, you know. Um, I'm surprised you like Sugar, actually. I thought that would really irritate you. No, because it's it's just a fucking full-blown pop song. And it mm. kind of, I like it. You know, I can't help myself for liking it, but I, I do quite like it. I mean, there's a, there's a song called Dark Signs that even has that ew, ah, ooh, ew, like a pop hook that every single fucking pop band or pop act in the world has been using for the last six or seven years. Mm. And it's just like, no, thanks. Mm. I, no, I, no, 
Um, Take Aim, there's a song called Take Aim, which is like the soundtrack to a rom-com. I can imagine them playing that at the Brits. It is so soppy. It I is love, so I, fucking soppy. I love Take Aim. Wow. I think it might be my favourite song on I the mean, album. this to me, I don't think this is a bad record. It's not a rubbish. It's not a rubbish or like you know the DJ Shadow album is very disappointing. It's not a good, yeah. well made record. It's yeah. dated. It's not a good record. It, yeah. This is not that. The Coldplay album is a complete embarrassment. Uh, you know, and is right. bland and boring. And and this is not that either. Right. No. Um. This is just a record. This is, this is the new Bring Me the Horizon album with someone who can sing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> This is well. This that's is, a remarkable improvement on ammo already. Yeah, this is the weekend with riffs. This is Tesseract if they sold out. This is take all the electro bits from Zelenada, give them some pop, pop hooks and a sugar riff, and that's what it is. He sounds like a dude from Atlantis. It's all a bit serious. It's all a bit po faced. It's not bad. It's just quite overwrought. It's quite mm. similar. Uh, they've been sort, of, and that's absolutely fine I none they, of that makes it a bad record yeah, yeah i'm just trying to understand in my head why people are talking about this band as if it's the second coming of christ because to me <laughs> like there's there's nothing there's nothing that makes them stand out from the pack at all but i think it is i think it is um bringing all of those elements together and putting them into one package i think it is bringing you know there's nothing quote-unquote original here but i i would be really hard pushed to think of many artists or bands who um use such extreme dynamics who go from such lovely floaty pass ethereal passages to that really heavy gent-esque guitar tone um tesseract uh I, I don't think they're as floaty as this. I don't think they ever get as floaty. I don't think they ever get as mainstream pop as this. No, well, quite. Well, that's, that's, what that's I would say. part of my and that's unfor- part of my point. Yeah, but what I would like for me, I I do not want to listen to um kind of bland mainstream pop. Mm. And that's where this record kind of makes me go. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I I get I it. I get yeah. it. I get it. But I think when you're talking about a cinematic orchestra. I think that is very misleading. I think the we- I think the weekend. <laughs> I think fucking hell. I don't know. Maybe like Katy Perry and Rihanna and Justin Bieber is more what I would say. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't. I don't. No, I don't think it's that syrupy and I, no. Really. I, there were moments where it's too syrupy for me and too syrupy for my palate. I don't think it's... I mean, sometimes Katy Perry makes me... There, there's some great Katy, Katy Perry yeah. songs to be Katy clear. Perry's early... Current Katy... Where Katy Perry exists now and where I'd say the majority of the sort of thing you would see on... Like Dua Lipa or something. Yeah. Right? I don't really see this being... It's just that... This is a... Do you uh, Lipa don't have gent guitars? Well, yeah, and then at the end they go gong gong. Like. Hmm. I mean, but but I I think you you asked the, you asked the question, which is why why are people going mad for this? I I think that's the answer. Yeah, I think it, it I think it helps that it's packaged up in this kind of 
uh anonymous who are these people they're no one you've heard of uh masks kind of robes kind of thing um the worship him all that kind of you know you could cynically say marketing bollocks i guess it kind of is um i think that stuff helps i don't think it's solely down to that um because to be honest before i knew all about that kind of thing when i first heard their their second ep was the first thing i heard and just having three songs and it being like 16 minutes long and having just that small part of it i made me go oh my god this is excellent and i got really excited to them to the point i contacted their management and i was like i don't know what we can do with this but i want to do something about it Mm. you know because i think this is really exciting i will say i mean that was going on two years ago i was at the independent at the time and my excitement has dissipated quite a lot in that time due to a number of factors seeing them live um and sometimes be as i say absolutely elegiac and amazing and sometimes be quite disappointing i will say sorry to sound like a broken record but it's usually when um they have more elements on backing track that i'm like the St. Pancras show, for example, they had like seven musicians on stage and they had three backing singers and it was just fucking glorious. It was Mm. wonderful. And I do, I keep seeing them like one moment they'll have like a keyboard player. And then the next time I see them, the keyboard player's gone. And I'm like, sometimes I feel like it's a bit like one step forward, two steps back for them live. It's really up and down. Like Paul Um, Abdul opposites attract that song that <laughs> just like that yeah, yeah um, that is a heavier song than a lot of songs <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but i th- but i think I, I do think that that is the reason I, I, I mean, yeah it probably is it's just reason. that i really really fucking despise that sort of homogenized you know basically kind of cut and paste um you know just everybody does that style exactly the same every single fucking pop star it all is produced the same it Mm. all sounds the same and i don't want to hear any of it ever Mm. and you know if that's now you put it like that i go okay yeah so basically it's really really awful bland modern pop music but then a sugar riff comes in at the end yeah metal fans are gonna dig that if they you know, if they also want something modern. And it's ironic, I guess, that I've just been going, oh, the DJ Shadow album sounds really old and dated and blah, blah, blah. And then with something which sounds very, very zeitgeisty and current, I don't like that either. So, um, <laughs> difficult man to please, aren't you? Can't wait to die, really. <laughs> <Andrew>. um, <laughs> and, um, I've, I've, and, um, yeah, but, too, but you know, honest. but I don't think this is a bad, like, I just to be really clear, I don't think this is a bad record. And I think there are a few songs that I quite like. I think there's some songs in it which I really can't stand. There's, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 there's songs on here that I love. And there's songs on here which I'm like, meh. It feels like quite a slog, I have to say. It's too long. Yeah. And as, and as I say, you said it all sounds very similar. I think that's going a step too far. But, but I think they get stuck in the same ideas. I think, I think there are like four really key ideas that they keep going back to on this record and they just do different versions of them Mm. and uh you know i think 12 tracks is as i said too long 55 minutes is too long i think if this had been uh, like eight and 40 minutes i'd probably be praising it to the hilt to be honest okay um that's fine i mean (laughs) you know that's 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 fine i just you know uh I've got 
I think it's really interesting, though. I think it's an interesting record. See, I don't think it is. Mm. I don't think it's interesting at all. I think, I think, I, 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 I just from the point of view that, you know, you can, you can see it as, I, I will say that Sleep Token aren't a genuine hybridization from the point of view of like, actually, we've talked before about mixing two genres together. I don't mm. know why I'm doing this motion You're mixing for the YouTube. It. I'm mixing it. Um, but then also putting part A, uh, genre part b genre and just sort of clipping them together mm. and this is definitely more, more like latter. dub war like you know dub yeah. war would have like yeah, a yeah, reggae yeah, bit yeah, and yeah, then yeah. A, a metal bit and yeah. skin dread then went well we can see if we can sort of Let's try and actually together put them together yeah uh, yeah and, that, and you know maybe they will get to the point in the future where they find a way to kind of combine those things i would argue there are a bunch of bands who have kind of already done that over the years um uh so yeah but mm. he does sound like the good guy from Lion Atlantis, so that's good. <laughs> if you miss Lion Atlantis um, and you like Meshuggah, well, probably not Meshuggah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Whilst, they, whilst <laughs> it is Meshuggah's guitar tone, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. recommend this to Meshuggah fans because like, the riffs are massive, very basic. I don't think, yeah. I, I, I'm not strictly saying that as a, as a bad thing, but they are, they are. Oh yeah, the power. Chords. It's new metal. It's new it's metal. New, yeah, yeah. Like it's riffs. very basic. New metal riffs come in at the end. I mean, yeah, you know, like know. you can understand. I understand. I guess I understand why they're being talked up. It's just you know, it's just another thing where you go, yeah, sure. You people who like mainstream music have really fucking awful taste. Um, when there's so many other, you know, there are so many other bands yeah. that you could yeah, get yeah. excited about, and I just don't understand why you would be getting that excited about this band. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, they're fucking Black Peaks are around. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're going to pick this over Black Peaks. Come on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's out now. Sundowning by Sleep Token. Uh, if you're interested, I suppose, I suppose it is probably worth a listen. Um, <laughs> I think our, it's worth listening. Let's to. do a, our last record. Oh, thank God. Something thank good. God for Bellevue Days. <laughs> It can't possibly go wrong ever. That should be what this fucking <laughs> episode's called. After kind of universally, for me, disliking everything that we've fucking spoken about this week, from Motley Crue to Coldplay to horrible Grindhouse to really dated hip-hop to really sappy modern pop music, Bellevue Days have arrived Thank fucking God. I've been into this guys, uh, these guys. They're a quartet from Croydon. I had my own and basically since their debut EP, which dropped in late 2015. Uh, sad boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and mate. There's, there's a song on there called Rip Jeans. You oh, just, you just say Rip Jeans to me and I've got the chorus in my head. Yeah, it's great. It's, what, it what, I, mm, it feels on. like a long time. Uh, it Bel- really does. That, that we've been waiting for a full length Bellevue Days record. It really does. I don't quite know why it is that we have been waiting this long but i don't either uh, but here it is um as i said it's called it can't possibly go wrong ever and um very much in the vein of a type of music which i think has flourished quite a lot this year we've had dinosaur pile up we've had um the menzingers we've had uh pup we've had puppy we've had nervous there have been uh, (laughs) the the weezer album um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we pick whichever one of the two brilliant Weezer albums came out this year. Um, but there's been a lot of just really simple, heart on sleeve, earnest, hook filled, melodic, 
poppy rock music that's come out this year and it's been really really good great rock bands with a slightly emotional edge mm-hmm. some might say emo but i wouldn't want to give the wrong impression because yeah. this is not my chemical romance but yeah. yes it's heart, kind of, heart and know, sleeves actually a better way but yeah and, and brit rock i guess kind yeah. of like for me bellevue days exist somewhere between jimmy Eat world and ash yeah um all of the bands you've mentioned i agree with i would also just throw in can't swim and actually yeah. the, the band the band Although can't swim's ep is like a fucking fury fest isn't it sure sure yeah. but yes they but, are but can't swim i yeah. would throw in um the band bellevue days most remind me of and the reason i fucking love them is because they remind me of Tellison um personally oh yeah yeah I mean, we brought them in yeah yeah um, um and i adore Tellison. you were a bit ho-hum about that um record that i brought in for you but um i i think yeah i, I think I think they are closer to the sort of telesons and nervouses of the world just because there's something very, very, very British about Belgian days. Really British. Really British. Mm. Um, Which is why, kind of why I said Ash, although Ash aren't British, really, are they? They're not strictly British. Yeah, and they don't, Ash don't have the heart on sleeve thing quite in the same mm. manner well, as what, what said, we're talking that, about. Like sort of seesaw between just the, the fucking punch the air hurrayness of Ash and the kind of slight, the very anthemic and melodic but still quite oh i'm hurting of jimmy Eat world i yeah. think that's yeah. kind of what these what these guys are but yeah it's very a very british way to be doing i guess you call it emo but no, yeah like you say nervous is a, is a great shout um this is 11 tracks this is like 35 what, minutes 35 minutes long yep. um after the fucking crap we've had to listen to this week uh this is such a fucking joy to put this record on yeah um it's, br- it's, it's brilliant it's really good it's really really good um if you're a fan of any of the stuff that we've been talking about so far if you are a fan of you know the the wonder years the jimmy Eat world mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know the, the any of those bands are, that we, we've spoken about previously then i think you'll fucking love this band yeah um they're they're wonderful i mean they've shown so much promise with um it was uh sad boy and rose hill those eps wasn't it yeah um both of, I, I i will say the first time i heard this record um i wasn't disappointed i haven't been disappointed with this record for a single millisecond but i did think that both sad boy and rose hill were more immediate maybe i thought this album took a little a few more sort of listens yeah, I think bits of it do. Yeah, yeah. bits of it. Do. Yeah, I think um, there's some like like shotgun straight out of the way as a bang. Yeah, like, yeah. No, that's straight in. Sad. Sad. Absolutely. Uh, just straight away. Sleep They're, repeat again. Yeah. Is, is fucking massive. Um, but I think it's it's got a nice sort of um, uh, does a nice balance between kind of like throwing those hooks straight at you, but also giving you stuff to um, listen to and appreciate on repeated listens maybe mm-hmm. uh, and does all of that in 35 minutes it's fucking awesome um there's that song oh juska juska are you saying mm. i'm not even gonna no try idea to it's just a brilliant like slacker anthem mm. um it, i mean in a way there's not loads to say about it apart from it's just 11 fucking great songs yeah i mean it's the best album that we're talking about this comfortably the best even though i will agree with that (laughs) me and me quite liking the sleep token album this is comfortably the best album we're talking about this week Um, lapping the competition this week for me absolutely like not 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 with its tongue (laughs) but like if it was a race (laughs) it's lapping it oh dear (laughs) um there's a vocals come from like three members of the band which Mm. give it this really dynamic kind of diverse sort of feel to it there's a bit where one of the vocalists says shite which makes it really sound british it's uh, it's just 
Excellent. They remind me a bit of symposium sometimes as well. Oh, well, you know what I mean? Just like. Oh, that's yeah, that symposium with just Will sort of, from uh, Hell is for Heroes is old just band. Just they rattle, don't they? They rattle yeah, along. Like yeah. It's just, you know, it's not, it's poppy, but it's not, it, whereas Sleep Token feels, you know, very, very precise. That's not a criticism of that particularly, but it's very, very precise. This feels, you know, ramshackle and thrown together yes. and live and like yes. a real band. And it's the first yes. thing, it's the only thing really we've had this week in terms of the albums where you just go, this was probably played live yeah broken old like fender stratocasters yeah you know with a couple of strings missing or whatever and it's just like i think that's the really key thing isn't it the hooks are really poppy Mm. but the structures of the songs don't particularly feel poppy because you know the second verse might be completely different played in a completely different way to the first verse or the band just might sort of drop out suddenly to um to emphasize a lyric or something like that and and it's excellent sort of three minute three four minute pop songwriting but done with almost non-traditional not even song structures but just just ways of telling the story or telling the so i mean that's why they remind me of tellison a lot mm. and nervous to a degree mm. i think tellison do it a lot to be honest but um yeah, wonderful, wonderful band. I really don't, good. don't really know good. why we've had to wait this long, as no, you say. Shame, but, but, but it's here, been worth waiting for. I also yeah. want to say, take heed of this fucking warning, Coldplay. The last song on the track is called Lily. Don't be listening. It's one minute long. It's exactly one minute long. It's actually, in terms of what gets played, it's only about 50 seconds of music, Yeah. right? It's an acoustic song, just an acoustic guitar with a voice, and that's it. And it feels like an actual song it changes yes, the dynamic of the record that's true it changes that it feels like something which is necessary to the music it's it not doesn't feel tacked just on tacked on no nope. sure oh, we've got just do uh, some noises for 45 mm-hmm. 50 mm-hmm. seconds or whatever yep. it feels like an actual song and yeah and when you compare it with the way that shit gets tacked on as and to justify itself on that Coldplay record um th- this massively shows up on their debut record so you know there you go Bellevue Days uh, um, they're very 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 good and you should go and listen to it it's called It Can't Possibly Go Wrong Ever and it might not for them I hope it doesn't I'd like them to get some for, yeah I've been saying for a few years now that yeah. I'd sort of I to be honest I'd kind of forgotten they were banned because yeah. it's been a long time since anything had come out and yeah. I was expecting an album and it doesn't feel like there's been a lot of momentum for them but hopefully this is the beginning of that momentum Renfrew we haven't done trade off for fucking ages no so let's do it okay right um, last time going back weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks I gave you God Hand by Brand of Sacrifice the New York crew uh, who make a kind of slam deathcore band. It's their debut album, and it came out this year. Yeah, it's very recent. Isn't it? mm. I haven't really brought it into you because it came out this year or because I wanted to do anything sort of as, as a catch-up or anything. I just brought it into you because I thought it was really fucking funny. <laughs> so, and you always moan about the genericness of a lot of metalcore and death metal bands and deathcore yeah. bands that I stick yeah. up for. So yeah. I thought, let's give Renfrey one who are hilariously over the top. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Do you know what though? You because, like you like it. Well, you? because they're hilariously <laughs> over the top, I really like cuz because, because <laughs> Do again, you actually? Um I 
I mean, look, it's not going to become like my favorite record or anything like that. But I thought there was some interesting kind of. Uh, God, you might you might throw something at me, but I thought there was some interesting sort of code orangisms in this, in in that like in the manner in that they went into different parts. Where I was like, oh, that's unexpected. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying it's as good as Code Orange, to be no. clear. Um, but it I just goes. <laughs> for 26 minutes yeah. apart from like no, 50 no, no, seconds no, no. in the middle no 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 there's there's a piano track towards the end there's the penalty no not the yes, penalty song okay. there's the, 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 I've been yeah you're okay. being quite facetious I, to I the own record to your own record that you've brought in here. I know um no I like this a, a lot more than a lot of I mean if you will serious straight deathcore bands because I just think it's ridiculous and it made me it makes me laugh and it is so ott and so silly you 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 got it exactly right it's 26 minutes long so it's difficult to get bored of it yeah i mean they've they've timed what i will say the time is perfect they have timed this (laughs) with expert precision yeah yeah because if it was about four seconds longer yes i would have thrown my computer out the window the first time i listened to it i do think i do think yeah, I, I think the timing expert position is exactly right. I, th- I think it's, and you know, I'd say 20 minutes of the 26 minutes is that kind of stuff that yeah. you were talking about. But then the six. Sounds like, and the guitar tone sounds like a crisp packet being scrunched. Yeah, up. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's utterly ridiculous and silly and stupid. But I think if you're going to go in that direction, then then run 10 miles in that ridiculous direction. And I'm probably going to like it a lot more. Like that, this is this is because I I was kind of I thought you brought this in to be like, isn't this amazing? And I was like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> do you just think this is utterly silly? And I, well, I I I mean, this has backfired quite badly actually <laughs> because I thought you'd go, oh god, this is so bad. And I go, right, well, next time we do job for a cowboy or something like that, who are clearly better musicians and are clearly have a better grasp and craft of. Yeah, they are, but they are better. They, are, I don't care what you say, they are. But like, okay. technically speaking, like on a purely taking all emotion out of it, they are better. I wasn't right? going to disagree. I'm just struggling to remember Job for a Cowboy because they're also generic and boring. Oh, mate, Genesis, um, uh, back in the day, mate, Genesis when that came out, it's a great record. Okie pokey. Give it to me on trade off, maybe. Okay. Um, but I was like, well, <laughs> remember. Remember the Brand of Sacrifice record, which is just someone going like, I like go, someone scrunching up a crisp packet and going over the top of it. Yeah, but it's but it's funny. <laughs> and it is absolutely it's really funny. Like I don't, I don't hate. Like I don't hate it. I just the thought I got a kick out of the thought of you listening to it and going like, rah, rah, rah. I didn't Why? hate. I didn't but hate it at all. No, I thought. I mean, I you know, I'm not going to be like, oh my god, album of the year material, but. No, I quite liked yeah, it. It's probably going to be my album of the year. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think right. it'll be like in the top two. It sounds like the sort of music you'd put on to sort of romance someone. It's weird, this, isn't it? Because I just sort of wonder what sort of person. Do you know what I mean? What A psychopath sort of... would probably. What sort of person would get really genuinely excited by this? Hmm. <laughs> you'd have to. Re- probably. You were last week you were going like, oh, you got to really like death metal. I mean, I think you have to. You have to love death metal to really love like the new Nile album. How would yeah. you have to feel about sort of slam and deathcore to be, to, to say they were playing in London? Brand yeah. of sacrifice. Yeah. And going, like, I'm going. 
Well, pro- pro- my probably the same people who got enjoyment out of the Slayer film, I would imagine. Yeah, maybe. Um, but um, no, I don't know. There was something, as I say, it was just so OTT and so ridiculous. They're, they're one of the most over... I mean, I remember listening to people a few years ago were talking about Oceano. You remember Oceano? Vaguely. Vaguely. Like, they are the most ridiculously over-the-top stupid deathcore band. Right. And I was like, oh, I have to listen to it. And I was just like, yeah, you know, it's, it's deathcore, but it's a bit more, like, it's a little bit sillier, a little bit mm-hmm. faster, and it's mm-hmm. completely, like, the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Oceano sound like fucking Neil Young compared to this. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> They're the most ridiculous <laughs> band I've like I've heard in a long, long, long time. Yeah, they're so ridiculous. Yeah, they're silly. They're silly. But I what are you it. doing? <laughs> what, 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 what am I doing? I'm recording a podcast, doing? mate. What oh, what are they doing? All oh, right. Well, they're just going <laughs> into the microphone all the time, aren't they? <laughs> and it, I mean, again, I've said. I think is you know, if if they if they got rid of that and changed it to like entombed chainsaw guitars. I'd probably go, no, it is good. <laughs> no, it is. Yes, I so, think you would. You know, I think you I'm would. Kind of, you've got me banged to rights here, unfortunately. It's just, it sounds like it's recorded on a boss metal zone. It pedal. does, yeah. It yeah. all sounds, uh, it's very, very odd. And you you know their t-shirts will have like massive purple lettering on. Yeah. And it'll probably say like, fuck off and die, bitch, on the back or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. That's and a it. basketball vest. And then a big hooped, like... <laughs> Big, big like flesh loops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't That'd stand those. And yeah, visible, probably visible tattoo core, as Andrew Neil calls it. Just get your hands and your neck tattooed, and nowhere <laughs> else. <laughs> probably, but I just I I found this more entertaining than you know what whatever you would call straight ahead. I mean, I do you think... like it more than the last Chris Switch Engage album? Yeah. You're a slag. No, I liked it more because because it's more interesting and I think it's more dynamic than the last Kills Switch Engage album and it has more interesting ideas on it. I'd like I don't know if I would say it's better, but I liked it more. It's also half the length. No, it's yeah. not. It's, it's probably roughly shorter. Half yeah, it's shorter. All right. <laughs> that went really badly. Um, <laughs> that was brand sacrificed by Godhand. That's the, the return of trade off that nobody <laughs> wanted. Um you gave me They Came From The Sun by your codename is Milo. Yeah, it did. The second album from the Northeast-based post-hardcore band that was released in 2007. Uh, I was quite into your codename is Milo when they came out. I yeah. thought, that's, you know, they bit of sixth, bit of aconite thrill. A bit of sixth, interesting. Yeah, okay. In terms of it, it was, a, wow, I remember it being quite wild. That was it's I definitely was wild, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got um, All Roads Lead to Fault, and I really liked it. Yeah, their that debut EP, their brilliant EP. EP. Thought yeah. it was very good. I was not as keen on Magneto when that came out, to be honest. Neither was I. Um, I sort of dropped them, like the rest of the world. Yes. Um, it was a real shame, because Your Code Neighbors and Milo were really, really... Uh, well, I guess you could argue they were very hyped, couldn't you? They really? were, yeah. There's a By period, yeah. Kerrang and that lot. And, and um, well, Kerrang. Kerrang and Roxanne. Yeah. Uh, I was just trying to remember if Roxanne. Was Roxanne a thing when? Yeah, of course it was. All right. Mm-hmm. Roxanne uh, launched in like 1999. What? Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, Do you know who's on the front cover, first Roxanne? You. Steggle. <laughs> no, no, and you know that's not true. <laughs> you too. No, it was the, it was the Stereophonics. Was it now? Mm-hmm. Rock 
sound. Mm, 1999, though, performance yeah, of cocktails. Yeah, they used to cover, like, yeah. proper indie music back then. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. Anyway. Um, yes, and there was a lot of hype around them, and then Ignoto came out, and it was produced by, wasn't it, uh, Gagagarth? Mm-hmm. It was produced by, yeah. and it had, you know, um, uh, cover by Storm Thurgson and all that sort of thing, the Pink Floyd guys mm-hmm. and stuff for Pink Floyd and Muse and Biffy Clary, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, little bit. It's um, uh, it's a record with great moments, but I wouldn't call it a great record at all. Ignoto, I feel like they came from the sun. Is the record Ignoto should have been personally, and for me, it's always been clearly your code name is Milo's best moment. Okay, it's, I thought I'd listen to this because I don't know why, but I I just thought I had because I had kind of forgotten about Ignoto. And I thought, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 because I got the first one. And then it was this. But it wasn't. That one was in the middle. I was getting mixed up. So I thought I'd heard this album. I actually hadn't listened to this album. Sorry, world. Um, we might excuse you. Uh, my initial impression was that it's certainly a lot easier to stomach in the main than the yes. earlier material. Yes. Uh, that From what I remember, my codename is Milo. I haven't listened to your codename is Milo for, for a very, very, very long time. So I was going back from sort of like recall of like, what did they actually used to sound like? I'm sure they used to sound like, you know, like I say, maddeningly odd sort of post-rock or post, yeah, sort of post-hardcore-y time signature. Sort of post-hardcore. I mean, there was never like tons and tons and tons of screaming. They kept you guessing no. constantly. Yeah. They yeah, were yeah. very much, I mean, they were in a genre of one, really. Mm. They were doing, I remember seeing them with Biffy Clyro once and thinking like, oh, this is probably the closest band that they are like. And I have to stress early Biffy Clyro. Mm. Um, but uh, they were very much their own thing. I think I can't, your code name is Milo would just kind of sound like your code name. Is yeah. Milo, I always really. struggled where to place them sort of early on. And then the second album came out as a, well, the first album I should say came out. And I was like, I remember getting it and being sort of a bit underwhelmed just because it did feel a bit, safer than the album yeah before which is kind of why i dropped off uh maybe what initially put me off because i wasn't you know not what i was interested in at the time um this album uh i was sort of surprised by what it sounded like to be honest um in terms of its safeness or yeah, melodicism. a little bit i'm impressed is a song that sort of feels like an indie rock and roll song which is obviously very cool back then and there's about much... leaving has a bit of that in there too that kind of electronic indie that was all kind of the rage at the time you know we spoke about the bravery before and i guess even you know the killers were sort of doing that sort of thing a bit as well yeah well, i mean they don't sound like the killers yeah they sound more like the bravery than they do like the killers but certainly in terms of there's a drum pattern that those bands use there's a guitar tone that those bands use mm. and i feel like this had this has a bit of that in it, or quite a lot of that in it, to be honest. There's a few like, but they write much better songs than the Killers or the Brave. Well, yeah, like Translate is really it's good. Fucking brilliant. Like yeah. I love the tra- the guitar parts. There's that heavy bit, mm. that da, big da. heavy big riff, ba-dum, ba-dum. and then yeah, and then that kind of weird wiry guitar mm-hmm. part in between. Bits like that, I was like, the way that juxtaposes, it's almost like a metronome. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I really like that, but. A lot of it has got that beat from those indie bands. And I was like, fucking hell, I wonder if that's why they never really... Because to me, it would be odd to try and sell that to people who like Kerrang. Yes. Listening to it now, I was like, this feels very much of its time, to be honest. 
Oh. I think this feels very much of its time. Okay. Mm. I was a little bit disappointed with it, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, mate. Okay. Mm. Um, I adore this record, which is probably relatively self-evident because for me... Um, hmm, the whole sort of bravery connection, I, I don't fully see it, really. Are you too close to it from years and years of being with it that maybe you don't see Maybe. It? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But I also think it's an enormously, this is an enormously diverse record. There's loads going on on this album. Yeah, a, yeah there is. Um, a fair bit. I wouldn't. I'm not like loads. I think. In comp- I mean, actually, it's very diverse. It's, 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 it goes all over the place. This album, like it's it's it's, and the songwriting is. I mean, it's it always goes somewhere unexpected. Like you never know. Certainly, the first few times you. I mean, like the first dozen times I listened to this, I was like, I don't know where this is going to go next. Yeah, um, I think it goes. I know that's true. Mm. I'm not always sure that they do it to a particularly successful. So what there's a song in it called um, Take to the Floor. Mm. And I loved the start of it. I was like, this is great. And then this really weird midsection came in and it really put me off. And the rest of the song was really good. Mm. But I okay. really didn't like the midsection. And I was just like, that just doesn't fit. And it seems to come out of nowhere. Mm. And some bands can do that and it flows or it makes sense or it's so such a sharp left turn that you go, Whoa! Mm. and it sort of shakes you out of it. But you go, oh, it's good. But if the... And it wasn't even so much that it shook me out of it, but it was whatever. It was just I thought that particular part, I was like, oh, no, don't do that. That's not even very mm. good. It was kind of jaunty little bit that I was suddenly like, oh, don't like that. You just don't like jaunty, do you? I don't mind jaunty, but I, it was just like, mm, I, I, it seemed like a step down from how I remember them in my mind. Okay, interesting. I mean, I think, um, I think the thing with... I think one of the reasons why they're such a difficult band to pigeonhole is because they never wanted to be pigeonholed. Yeah. The other album that they released was uh, Printer's Dead Volume 1. Um, unfortunately, there was never a Volume 2. But I think the idea was going to be... I think it was between Ignoto and... Um, uh, it was, yeah, They came yeah. from the sun. Yeah. And it was a mixtape compilation album, which had, like... I mean, you, you, you cannot put a genre on it. It had tracks with Ruben. It had tracks with like hip hop artists. It had tracks like it was very, very diverse and odd and weird. Um, but uh, I don't think they ever wanted to be pigeonholed. And maybe perhaps that's why, you know, maybe maybe a lot of people who loved Ignoto li- listened to this and went, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. Therefore, I don't like it. But then I would also argue that those are the most exciting bands. And mm. for me, this is far more successful than Ignoto. A lot of it like sticks with me a lot better. I, I think I really like them because they're a really weird, obtuse band, but they do have hooks. And that's quite a difficult thing to do. And the only other th- band I could think of who were doing that really successfully at the time were Biffy Claro. Mm. They're not as good as Biffy Clyro. Uh, no, but Biffy Clyro were the absolute pinnacle of <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing. I mean, I guess so. What was coming time. out? So that were Puzzle being out about this time? Uh, Puzzle was probably when was this record? Is it, I thought two thousand seven. Was it two thousand seven? Um, then yeah, it was yeah. Puzzle, and I I actually saw them um at the Roundhouse support Biffy, um, and annoyingly I saw I saw your code names Milo a few times. But I only saw them um, on this record that one time supporting Biffy uh, because um, they split up not long after this album came out. 
and um it was probably the best time i ever saw them because they were playing these songs i thought i mean translate as you said in the roundhouse sounded fucking huge yeah i can imagine that was a really good song um and um and biffy clyro were a pretty weird obtuse act at that time even with i mean puzzle wasn't out at the point that they played the roundhouse show um and although they played shit tons of material off of it i remember they played like eight songs from it but you know biffy were an obtuse weird band and there were a lot of people watching your code name was milo kind of going um and i thought that was amazing like i just i was just like well (laughs) they're supporting one of the weirdest most obtuse bands in the country and you're confused by this band (laughs) that's that's absolutely incredible you know i i i I really love this band. I wish they hadn't split up. I mean, Paul Mullen's gone on to do lots of really interesting projects and bits and pieces and stuff, which is worth sort of delving into as well. But um, yeah, I was hoping you'd like this a bit more. I, yeah, I didn't. I mean, to be honest, I also, because I, I was like, are they, you know, who's to blame for this? <laughs> like, is it me or them? Is it me or them? I was right? you. Yeah. Um, and I went back and, le- and, and listened to All, Ro- All Roads Lead to Fault. Right. And that hasn't aged as well as I remember either. I think all, all roads lead to fault has aged worse than this has, if I'm honest. Well, I, I, mean, I love I was, that EP, but I Yeah, I, I mean, it's... I really liked it at the time and I found them very, very exciting. Mm. And that's the only thing of theirs that I liked, mm. that I heard, right? Mm. So, because I didn't really go for, um, I didn't really go for, as I said, I, I didn't go for like Ignota, uh, mm. Ignoto, Ignoto, I should say. Ignoto, yeah. Um, much at all hmm. and then i kind of hoped that i'd be like oh because when you gave it to me i was like great your code name is milo yes that would be a band that i should have listened to or i haven't listened to for ages and i you know i had a lot of like love for them for a bit and i don't really know why i stopped listening to them and then i was like oh yeah i didn't really care much for that record but i was hoping that this would sort of reignite my love for them and actually it's made me go mm, i'm not really sure i like them at all sorry Poo. You know, even the EP, I was like, yeah, it's, it's all right. But again, I think, I, I don't know, but I think whoever's been doing the fiddling, twiddling the knobs on them have very much possibly <laughs> compromised uh, what they are about. Because to me, so much of it, I'm like, sounds like the Fratellis. <laughs> like, maybe no, not don't. the Fratellis. But like, there is a lot of that. That To me, there's a lot of stuff that, sonically reminds me of like strokes or something you know like wow. those bands or not even the strokes but just the the mid the mid noughties mm. and i don't have it's not like you want to hear 90s production we spoke at life of agony last week yeah. and we love 90s production i yeah. don't really care for mid noughties production mm. so that might have something to do with it i'm trying to think of a reason that not to break your little heart oh yeah, it's, it's broken with. <laughs> anyway it's been broken they came the from time, the sun frankly. by your code name is milo um there it is you should go and have a look it'll be interesting to see what other people think about it and their memories of that band because i do have good memories of that band and i was like oh okay but we'll see uh next week renfrey what have you got for me well i feel bad that you didn't like that so i'm gonna guaranteed give you something that you're gonna like i'd like to give you pax am days by fallout boy Pax Am Days by Fallout Boy. All right, cool. Well, <laughs> I think I can top that in terms of the really? fucking hell, what is this shit? <laughs> this, I'm going to give you for the first time, Renfrey, not an album or an EP, but just a single song. Just one single song. And 
you might go, how are we going to be able to talk about a single song for such an amount of time? Oh, trust me, we will be able to talk about this song for the length of this entire podcast. I truly believe that. Uh, the reason I'm only giving you one single song is because it's the only thing that is available, unless you go to Malaysia, where this band's sole debut album was released um, and is now discontinued. You give the me song... Spaceman by Babylon Z. <laughs> no, oh God, you wish you would get a Spaceman by Babylon Z. I like that song. The song is called Bingo and the band are called Catch. Oh my God. I would like you to watch the... go on YouTube and watch the video, please long song no wow okay it'll be good next week tune in because that it'll be worth the admission price of this podcast just to talk about that song i mean it is free but uh sure yeah well it's worth it so anyway (laughs) next week i'm getting the fallout boy ep yeah and uh rumpy's gonna listen to bingo by catch in fact we're gonna listen to that straight after we finish recording okay (laughs) i think we should um (laughs) Okay, anyway, next week we're going to be reviewing, uh, again, it's a pretty weird week, Beck, Lindemann and Cattle Decapitation and more. Uh, go to musicism.net and type in the word Riot in capital letters. You'll get 25% off all your courses. And we'll see you next week. Thanks very much, buddies.